Talking with Topher is sponsored by SlowdownClothing.BigCartel.com. Put in promo code Topher for 10% off your purchase before you check out New Hampshire Vape Gallery and NaturalBossNH.com. More on that later. Let's get into episode 122. Add it again. <laughs> What is happening, TWT fans? It is so good to be back on this August 4th, 2022. And how are all of you? Um, So far, everything's going really good. I had a great weekend. It was busy, a lot crammed into it. And uh, so far, so good with the start of the week. Um, But before I get into any of that, let me start off by saying thank you. Thank you to all my subscribers out there. You're what keeps me coming back here week after week, and I greatly appreciate you. All right, go ahead and share, rate, and review the podcast. Get it out into the algae rhythm. Help me make this podcast bigger, and that's how you can help me. All right, if you are new to the podcast, you need to be hitting that subscribe button, okay? Click it, smash it, lick it step on it whatever you want to do to that subscribe button just click it okay it's the one thing i'm asking everybody to do it's free for you this is not free to do so that's what you can do to keep me coming back here um as well as you can also give a thumbs up for the video uh you can leave comments in the comic section and i greatly appreciate Everybody who does those things. Thank you so much, as always. If you want to get more involved with the podcast, that's right. Maybe you had a struggle. You got through it on the other side. Maybe you went through something that was traumatic, and it's a, it was a learning experience for you. Send it on over to talkinwithtofer at gmail.com. That's right. Talkinwithtofer at gmail.com is the official email of the podcast where you can ask for advice. You can uh, leave questions, comments, And, of course, you can always tell your story. And if I pick it out, you put Slow Down in the subject line, you're going to get a free piece of Slow Down merchandise. All right? So go again. That email is T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. That's talking with Topher at gmail.com. And if you want to follow me, I'm on social media just like everyone else. But I'm there. I am there. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. Go follow I appreciate it. And one more time, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. All right. And now with all that out of the way, let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is going to be with a guest. That's right. My guest, Adam Arthur, took time out of his evening and showed up at New Hampshire Vape Gallery. Yeah. So Saturday night... I had to stay after work late because I felt that I'm not going to be able to always have people over my house. Um, You know, I got stuff going on. Everybody's got stuff going on. So I wanted to make it kind of easier for some people that I want to have on that live closer to the shop. Come come on the podcast. So I got permission from the owner uh, to have the podcast recorded at New Hampshire Vape Gallery. So... To put it in context, this is a late night for me, okay? I'm at work all day, 
helping customers. I'll be honest with you. I'm a robot when I'm at work. I say the exact same thing to pretty much every single customer every single day of my life. It gets very repetitive. So by the end of a day, I don't want to talk to anybody. So I had to flip a switch. So I had to set up the podcast. I had to sit down with Adam and we had to record the podcast. And so by the time we started recording, it was around nine. And then that ended around 11. And then I didn't start get, I didn't even get on the road until 1215 Sunday morning. Right. Cause it's an, it's, it was overnight, you know? So I didn't go to bed until like two 30 had to wake up at six 30, then grocery shop, and then come home, go see my parents, uh, hang out with them till five 30, then got home Sunday at six. So the weekend was super crammed and I've been exhausted ever since, but you know, now I'm going to be on vacation. So when you're watching this on this Thursday morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it happens to be, I'm probably sanding my bumper on my car right now, uh, trying to, you know, get the plasti dip on the bumper. I got some clear coat for that, so hopefully it gives it a shine. And you want to know what all the purpose of this is? There's some chipping on it that's driving me nuts. This is cheaper than paint, and I want my license plate holes in my bumper gone so that I can put my sideways license plate on. I'm going to, you know, the tow hitch. Uh, So I'm going to screw a license plate holder into my tow hitch um, and get rid of all the holes in the front of the bumper and then just spray it with a... They call it Plasti Dip, so I'm going to spray that. I got a little gun thing that, like, goes over it so I don't have to sit there with my finger. And then I'm going to clear coat it a couple times. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that it doesn't look horrible. (laughs) But, yeah, so that's what I got planned. I'm going to go some fights Friday night in Manchester. I'm going to be taking my dad out for his birthday. Uh, uh, Even though I was there on Sunday, his present, I'm taking him out to eat. And then uh, I don't know what I'm doing on my last day of my vacation. I'm probably sanding my floors or stripping my floors and waxing them again, maybe doing some vacuuming and some uh, just some cleaning up around the house. And then after that, I'll take it easy. But I'm going to try to fit in some jujitsu because later on this month, I got a cover for the owner. Uh, So unfortunately, I'm going to miss two classes this uh, month. So I want to try and make those up. Um, But Instead of me rambling on and on and on and on and on, like I always do, uh, let's get into today's episode. Talking with Adam Arthur. Do you have anything you want to plug and promote before we get started? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like Chris said, my name is Adam, but uh, I make music with the group. We go by SG603, and my stage name is Chef. So, uh, you can find our music on all platforms at SG603 Music. Also on Instagram at 603music, SG603music. Um, and my personal Instagram tag is chef underscore SG603. So you can find all of our stuff there. Uh, we're doing some pretty cool stuff with just like using some more new school sounds, but infusing kind of a conscientious message with it and kind of, you know, trying to bring the collective together and get people into a place where, you know, not everyone's hating everyone all the time because the world kind of needs that nowadays. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, the world really does need that nowadays. 
Uh, that's that's fantastic, man. Uh, I do have to say I've listened to a bunch of your tracks, and I awesome. absolutely love uh, mo- all of your work, especially Shroom Walking. <laughs> that, that thing rattles my car. Um, <laughs> of it. course, you'll be able to find all of those links in the description below the video. Um, we'll have all that posted Perfect. and up on screen for you. I try to get that all situated. Um, but... Uh, so a little bit of rapport, you, you've actually been coming to New Hampshire Vape Gallery since we opened. I think I actually came here before you guys opened technically, oh, but not to, you know, just no, no, no. seeing it's Joe set up the process Joe, and whatnot. Joe knew you long before, right. um, I showed up. He, right. he used to tell me stories about how he would help yeah, you so out. Yeah, so I think, and, uh, my mom, uh, knows Joe through just, you know, like, local connections right. or whatever so he knew of me so then you know we met and got along really well you know joe's an awesome guy so it just connected from there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome and then you were coming in actually when there was still no age yeah yeah so i remember <laughs> i was like coming in here and uh right before he opened i wasn't even 18 yet i was like 17 and it was right as those laws were passing yep and fortunately my birthday happened like few months whatever before those laws passed and then i just had turned 21 before it had changed over Again. to 21 so it yeah. was like i just scraped by <laughs> but it's, yeah it's, it's so such funny a wild time i used to be like i remember i was like 15 years old going to like vape stores vape shops and it was you know no problem and it was so funny one place like i was 18 and they had seen my id and they knew me by first name basis and it was, uh, they just uh, wouldn't sell to me one day because I had my ID and I was, you know, just blown away because I'm like, dude, you've been selling me vape stuff since I was 15. Right, right. <laughs> like, well, I'm like, was, I've been buying it for three years. That, that, <laughs> was, that was the big transition that uh, a lot of people had to go through. And uh, yeah, it was just so crazy when I would have to do the same thing to customers that I was selling to. And right. all of a sudden the age changed. Right. And You're like, I can't sell it, it anymore can't do it anymore so it's, it's just really cool to build some rapport you know we've had many conversations here over the years Absolutely. it's just been uh i i i do have to say i dropped the ball on on the the people that you were doing music with i never connected any of it <laughs> <laughs> and i just now now i'm like ah oh, you, you know what i mean yeah but uh back then i was like oh i didn't i never made the connection you yep. know, Joe knew more than I did, but... Oh, that's I, probably a fault of my own for just not self-promoting as much as I should be. <laughs> I, I mean, self-promoting, sometimes it's just a pain in the ass, yeah. you know? It really is. Well, it's, you know, you want to go and tell everyone about it, but then you don't want to ruin, like, or not ruin someone's day, but you don't want to interrupt what other people have going on. Right. You know, you don't want to be like, oh, I'm annoying this dude. But at the end of the day, you kind of have to, because it's like, if you want to get out there, you have to put yourself out there. No one else is going to do it for you, so... Exactly. And that's like, I listened to a few people and they were like, you have to, you're going to get out there. You're going to try and promote yourself and you want to be doing it. They said like three to five times a day. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do that. That's that's so annoying. Full credit (laughs) to the, uh, the twins who I make music with, uh, on Instagram, Lil Row SG603 and Big A SG603, they are so much better than me at that social aspect of oh, it. Oh, really? I'm connecting. Yeah, dude, I'm a recluse. I like to chill in my basement and make art and music. <laughs> and, like, I love people, but at the same time, I, I like... 
love being away from people. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I completely agree. I wish that I had somebody who could do it for right. me because, yeah. but the guy said you have to promote yourself to the point where people will hear about you. Then people will look into you. Then people will dislike you, but don't worry about that disliking and the people unfollowing because they'll, they'll, Come back if you yep. just stay persistent. And dude, you know what? We're already starting to realize some people who, you know, way back in high school when we first started and weren't taking it quite as seriously would just like, maybe not to us or whatever, but just, you know, you hear things and they would like put us down for doing it. Like, oh, who are these kids to be making hip hop music and stuff like that? And it's so funny. Like so many of those people now come up to us like, oh, you guys are doing great things. Like uh, I've been yeah, supporting you since day bar. one. And I'm like... No, you haven't, but I appreciate your support now. <laughs> You're like, I totally know that you said right. all this bad right. shit about me. Like, like it's no, a, you weren't. No, 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 you were not. And now you're like trying to catch my coattails. Right, right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. honestly, we, we appreciate all the love. We don't even care. It's like, ah, the past is the past. Yeah, Let's yeah move exactly. <laughs> but like, that was the one thing I started to learn when I first got into all of this yeah. was that you... It, you just have to promote, promote, yeah, promote. Absolutely. And whether or not you get annoying, you have to ignore all of that and you just have to kind of get through it. You know, uh, David Goggins, for an exa- example, oh, like amazing. he'll tell you when you push it to the edge of the limits of what you can do, people won't like you. Right. Uh, to paraphrase what he says. Right, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's very true. It's like if you're doing as much work as you should be doing, other people will kind of get offended because they recognize how little they're doing in comparison. And that's usually what it comes down to. It really is because everything. Right. Well, everything is reflection of self. You know what I mean? Someone talks bad to you, you can choose to get angry and react in that way and return their energy, or you can react in a kind manner. Mm-hmm. And it just completely deadens and stops the situation right in its tracks. Oh, right. Right in its tracks. So, like, I always say, like, the way that you perceive and react to a situation are actually what determines the outcome. Because oh. if you react in a situation two different ways, there's two different outcomes. And it's on you. The only part of life you can control is how you react to it, like external stimulus. Right. And that's why I like jujitsu so much. Right. Because now if something crazy was to pop off, I, I feel like I would be able to, I don't know exactly like, you know, the craziest, I'm not <laughs> saying like gunfire and oh, yeah, you know yeah, stuff no, like that. Little... But like if someone gets upset with me, I'm a lot more calm now. Yeah, because you know if because it comes down to it, they don't know what they're doing, and you do a little bit at least. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh. And, you know, I've actually been looking into starting to do jujitsu for similar reasons. Just, you know, I'm not the biggest guy, whatever, and, like, I'm a loving person. I never want to start a problem with anyone, but I recognize everyone gets backed into a corner once in a while. Yeah, And I course. just, you know, I'm not really worried about myself. Like, I've taken an ass beating. I'll do it again. It doesn't really matter. But I'm looking at it more so like is like, you know, if you have a girlfriend, a wife, kids, anything like that, it's like, okay, well, if something happens to me, something happens to me, but I'm not going to let something happen to you. Right. So, you know, that's kind of my logic on it. So you want to be able to defend yourself and them. Exactly. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu is amazing. I've been doing it for seven years now. I, 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 it doesn't even matter what, where, where you want to go. We can talk about it after, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you right now, if you want to get into it at the, the best time to start is when you're thinking about getting into it yeah. because you're ready, <laughs> right. you're ready to do it. And it's, 
it it's gonna send i mean you already check your ego as it is mm -hmm. which is you know what i mean that's like the first step if right. you, you got to check your ego at the door that's why like we'll get a lot of wrestlers in mm -hmm. but wrestlers they, some of them make it some of them don't but i will say the ones that make it are nasty they oh, yeah. are the like not the worst they are like the craziest they got the scrambles when they hold you down it's it's just so intense like well, yeah, you so always know a wrestler wrestling and jujitsu are going to develop slightly different holds and slightly different skills right. and stuff like that and even slightly different muscle groups but you also have to so. remember as a wrestler you never want to be on your back right in jujitsu that's you actually a back. comfortable yeah. i don't <laughs> love it but i'm pretty i'm comfortable there you should yeah you know what i mean yeah. if someone can if, if they're actually like if it was came down to like mma style i would never go to guard in my back because then i'm gonna get railed in the face with elbows and fists you know, what I, you know what I mean? Depends if the person's trained or not. Well, I, 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 I can argue that. There's been some fights where, like, people go on their back and, they, and they've and they gotten their face bashed in and they've had to let go of the guard and move on. I'm not going to name names because I can't. No, 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 of course. But there's always yeah. that. I'm not, like, that type of a situation, like, out on the street, I don't think I'll be ever be pulling guard. You know what I mean? That's not going to be a strong position for me. Right, so more so... I guess the point that I was trying to kind of get at is that if you do end up in that position, right, you're a lot more comfortable and um, well prepared to be in that position uh, than the average yes. person. And you know what you can do, unlike some untrained people who are literally just going to get teed off on and are like, oh, there's nothing I can do about this. Oh, right okay. Now. I see. I see what you're talking about. Right. I yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. I definitely worded it. No, 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 it, it, it's fine. My brain goes, don't, don't pull guard. Don't pull, don't do that. Don't Which do is that. Smart <laughs> survival instinct. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Throw them, get in their side, do something. Right. But don't go, don't be pulling guard out on the streets. Yeah. It's and I'm also talking out my ass. I don't know much about jujitsu. But I, 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 I do think that if you want to get into it, yeah. it's, it's a great thing. Uh, I believe martial arts is great. Yeah. I, I wish that like. You know, I can't reflect on anything that I did or didn't do in my past and be like, I wish I did this, but I do wish that I stuck with karate. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Even though it was just karate, if I, 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 I just wish I sometimes had that mentality that I have now, because if I had stuck it out, it probably would have helped me, but I probably also wouldn't be where I am today if I had done that. See, so, that's what I was going to say. Eh. I always remember that, like I was saying earlier with the reacting to, you know, yep. to the stimuli your choices you've made have got you to where you are now. Right. If it played out differently, the whole butterfly effect, you know, if you made one different decision, who knows what would have happened. So it's like, if you're happy with where you're at in life, it's like, why, why even regret it? You know okay. what I mean? You're doing jujitsu now. You're training now. Yep. You're dealing with it now. And like maybe some of the things you went through because of not having that thing to stay dedicated, dedicated to. And, you know, uh, take up some of your free time and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe it wouldn't have played out how it is now. And maybe you would still have certain problems that you don't have because it didn't play out in that way. You know what I mean? So, like, we all have to hit a rock bottom. Maybe your rock bottom wouldn't have come until a lot later. Yeah, that's and fair. And then you don't have as much time to correct it. You know what I mean? Right, because I don't know if I would have still picked up drinking. We don't, we don't know... If that road was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That road, that road was probably already written for me in a sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? It didn't matter if I stayed with karate or not. That road could have been, you know, always there for right. me. 
Um, so it, 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 we, I mean, I've seen movies and stuff with that. It's like, oh, we take this different road, and all of a sudden it's either worse or you're in the exact same spot you already right. were. It didn't really get any better because most of the time the grass isn't greener on the other side. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel that too, but I love jujitsu, man. It is one of my favorite things in the world. Is uh, I'm, I mean, uh, I got, I'm taking some days off from here. And I'm packing in more jujitsu, and uh, we're going to the fights in uh, Manchester okay. on um, uh, Friday because uh, one of my classmates, CJ, is going to be in a kickboxing match. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, because he does That's cool. He does Muay Thai. He does jujitsu. Um, I mean, he does boxing. He's do- he does all kinds. He's of a shit. modern fighter. He, <laughs> he, yeah, he's all, he's doing it all, and he's uh, he's doing his very first fight. See, that's Manchester is going to be great. Yeah, that, I hope it goes well for him. That's one thing I feel like that the UFC has really greatly, and like, you know, other big MMA organizations have really changed about like the whole perspective, I guess, of fighting. You're almost inadequately trained nowadays if you're not trained in everything. Yeah. Like, right? Like 20 years ago, it's like if you were really good at karate, you could probably you know, fare pretty well. Now it's like so many people are trained in so, so many things. So many if you things. go into so an many. MMA fight and you're only trained in one thing, you're probably not faring too well unless you're like the pinnacle of yeah, that thing. Yeah, and even at that point, you're in an MMA octagon. Right. You don't know how to do legs. You don't know how to take someone to the ground. Right. If that other person knows how to, you might be a great boxer, but if that person knows how to take you down, you're yeah. going to have a real hard time hitting them. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> if they don't want to stand up with you, unless, of course, you got knockout power. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I was thinking, like, you know, you do have your people like Derek Lewis and, oh. like, even, like, uh, Izzy, like, Adesanya yeah. or whatever. Like, he, you know, is, like, so good at punching and kicking yep. that he really doesn't, like, eh, past couple fights maybe it would have helped if... He had some ground or whatever. Right, yes. But, like, he really doesn't tend to need it against most people just because he's so dominant on his feet. Yep. But then I think there's another part playing into that where it's, like, almost like these dudes want to stand with him because they want to prove that they can when they just right, realistically right. can't. <laughs> well, do you see that uh, Sugar, Sugar Sean O'Malley is fighting, fuck, what's his name? I can't remember the guy's name, but I I don't I think it's UFC two seventy seven. Don't quote me. I'm bad at this shit. Me too. <laughs> um, but uh, whoever his opponent is, everybody's like he like you. Everybody wants to see uh, Sugar Sean like like grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that everybody's saying Dana White had a case of the buckets, and he was like, "No, you're you're fighting this guy," and he's like a number one. Okay, and it's just uh, it's one of those fights where everybody's like, uh, if 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 he doesn't pull it off, he's just gonna get destroyed in there. And now you've taken this 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 person that's growing and bringing in so much, and Almost. you've wrecked him. Right. So every, but I'm not saying that's gonna happen. I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. But what I'm saying is, is that like that that kind of sucks. Right. Because I guess in boxing they build people up more. Yeah, well so I see both sides of that, right? So if someone is so dominant in their fight in their weight class um with the people that they've been fighting, 
I can see, you know, jumping from like, and I don't know how he was ranked, but let's say like you're ranked 10th and you jump up to a second position fight against like, you know, like the contender for champ or like the second dude, whatever. I can see that happening because it's like, first of all, what the fans want. Yep. Especially with someone like Sean O'Malley, who's such a spectacle. Yeah. But then also it's just kind of like, okay, well, are we going to make this dude just beat the shit out of all of these like little dudes? Are we going to give him the shot that he wants at a bigger fight? That's the other thing too. I guess he's been complaining about wanting fights. Mm -hmm. So Dana was like, here you go. Mm, and then, so it was kind of then, a fuck you. Like, exactly. oh, you want to fight? I'll yeah, give yeah. you a it fight. Was, it was like one of those. <laughs> it was like he was asking, he was asking, he wasn't getting, he wasn't getting. And Dana's like, meh, here you go. And everybody's like, what are you doing? And then uh, there's a there's another fight between two other uh, two other guys. Um, and and it's, a, it's another kind of outweighed fight or uneven, I guess, mm. uh, in the ranking system. And, and, and everybody's like, well, what if, what if? Dana thinks is going to happen doesn't and both of them turn around and take those titles I mean I was like so well, they get a bonus out holy of them too. Shit. <laughs> you imagine that though like like you're like oh I'm just gonna throw them to the wolves and then they turn around and they just destroy the wolves I, mean, I think man. it's gonna be a great uh UFC though it's not stacked but there's a couple good ones yeah. on there especially uh Pena and um uh damn it Nunez. Oh, okay. Dude, that's going to be... Oh, I can't wait to see that. That's going to be sick. That's going to be a real good fight. Penna's, I don't, Penna seems very angry. I think her name's Penna. Her last I'm like, name. I'm so bad I'm with names. I'm very bad with, with names. Anything. I'm trying, though. I'm trying because I listen to a lot of MMA fighting content. Mm-hmm. So I try to retain the names. Mm-hmm. And now I'm trying to remember them. That's like the one thing so, I'm just so bad. Names. I'm so bad with names. I don't yep. know why it is like I'll recognize a person's face for five, ten years of not yep. seeing them, even if they look completely different. I'll still be like, oh, yeah, I know you. Because of facial features, right. they stick. But not with well, not with names. I nope. won't like there's so many people who come up to me from like, let's say high school, and they're like so pumped to see me, and I know I should know what their right. name is. And, and like, I just don't, and I'm like Oh, bro, what's up? Hey. How you doing? Right, right, right. You give the friendly. You just have you're to just call like, him bro. Oh, like, man. Come on. Tell me your name real quick. Yeah, I had this one kid who was like, dude, you really don't remember me? I sat with lunch at you for like a year, and I was like, dude, I was fucked up. Like, I don't know what to tell you. In school? Yeah. Like, like, he like sat at my like, lunch table for like a year, I guess, and I just if, like didn't remember him. If somebody was to say that to me right now, I'd be like, dude, that was 25 years okay, ago. Okay, so to be fair, this is like, t- this was like two years after I graduated, uh, right. so I like should have remembered You should have remembered, okay. Because yeah. I would be like, I don't remember 25 years ago. No, Never yeah, mind yeah. the fact that I was wasted in school anyways. No, see, that's more what I'm saying. Yeah. I was just like 100%. fucked up going through high school oh yeah tripping on acid (laughs) all kinds of stupid shit in school stupid stupid shit one of my good friends uh yeah go on one of my good friends on his 18th birthday our senior year took i believe two tabs of acid before going to school and then a tab after every period of the day after every period period. so there's seven periods in the day where we went to school oh so he ended up taking or no he must have taken three before because i remember he took a total of a 10 strip just throughout the day throughout the fucking day was just chilling just walking around cooling i'm like dude you are crazy most i ever (laughs) took was two gel tabs man and that was a wild ride in school the most i ever took was in between (laughs) 
<laughs> this sounds so stupid. In between 20 and 30 doses, but that left me in a month and a half long psychosis. Yeah, but <laughs> that's not before. That's not at school, though. No, that's not. Oh, school. okay, okay. God, so you're no. just you're just saying that's the most that you've you've taken ever. Oh yeah, yeah. In general, how many was that? Yeah, I I I'm estimating between in between and 20 and 30. So the reason for paper that, tabs, yes, gel tabs, paper. Okay, it was blotter. And the reason blotter, that I yep. don't know the actual amount. Is because I was being a dumbass and I had a bunch of like little slivers of paper and then one little square left for my sheet. So I just like took the little square and I'm like, oh, that's already a pretty pretty big dose. Let me eat all of these little shavings. Oh, oh, that's like and eating so, all like, the fucking shave at the bottom of a mushroom bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much what I did with acid. <laughs> it's just like, um, holy shit. Within 15 minutes, I was like reliving like past experiences and like pat like within 15, within 15 minutes 15 minutes i was tripping Holy harder than shit, i had ever dude. tripped before by far yeah it was crazy that must have been so could, overwhelming yeah, at a point like, i could instantaneously wow. feel it like literally wow. as soon as i put it in my mouth i was like oh i fucked up <laughs> holy shit yeah, dude that is fucking wild yeah. oh my god the most i've ever done is a 10 strip yeah at once yeah, and a 10 strip is now, more than enough. <laughs> holy shit. Now tell me about this being trapped in the psychosis. What Oh man, it's a really long story, but yeah, so good, basically good. <laughs> So basically <laughs> what happened is I took that me and my buddies I sorry, backtrack a little bit. I think I slowly was creeping into the psychosis unknowingly. Okay. And I think that that was kind of the straw on the camel's back, so to speak. Um, that or broke that broke the camel's back. Broke the camel, yeah. yeah, Um, so I had had a trip before where I just like, for lack of better terms, was like possessed by something and was just writing and writing and writing and writing and just wrote this huge thing. And then, so like I said, within 15 minutes, I was tripping very, very hard. Me and my buddies decide to throw on the matrix which at that point I had never seen before. Oh, okay. Or like maybe I did as a kid, didn't remember it type thing. Um, And about halfway through the movie, I'm just lost in it. And I randomly, they pause it. We want to go outside, like smoke a couple bongs, whatever. And I'm randomly like, boys, read this. And the shit that I had written the time before was like so spot on to the Matrix that I had this weird thing that I was like, oh, we're in the matrix. Like, (laughs) this is all programmed. Like, and it wasn't that night. It wasn't even eerie. I actually had an amazing trip. It was just extremely, extremely intense. Um, But so all my buddies go to bed, you know, we took them kind of late into the day. So it's probably like two, three before people are in the morning before people are really going to bed. I'm just laying there still tripping balls, like just still lost in it. Just like, you know, reality split apart for me at this point. So the next morning, my buddy's parents are coming home and they're like, yo, go, boys, we got to, you know, clear out. Got to clear out. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I live like two minutes down the road. I'm still tripping, but I'm like, I can make it on a two minute drive. Super dumb. Don't recommend it, guys. No. Nope. But um, <laughs> I get home and then I go back into my field. And this is like, like I said, it's this whole story is just crazy. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but I get home. I go back into like, I have a field behind my house. The, the sun is just beaming out. I like take my shirt off. I'm just chilling in the sun. Then I look into the sun 
and it was so fucked up, man. It was like my eyes got glued to this shit. Oh no! And I was literally looking at this up for probably like a minute long, just oh, like that's way too long. Full, full, like you know, like midday. Oh, and then I'm God. like, okay, I'm gonna go back in the house. So go back in the house. I'm still like pretty trippy, but I'm like, okay, I'm starting to come down. What I didn't realize is I wasn't going to be able to sleep for the next six nights, a single second. What? Didn't sleep a single second for what, six what was, days. What was the amount, the, the length of the actual trip? So you said you started feeling it 15 minutes after you took yep. it. Wow, how long before it stopped? So here's the thing. I don't know because oh. it kept me up that whole time and I was still like feeling it, but mentally I didn't have like visuals and okay, stuff anymore. So the visuals but I was just were gone. Very mentally feeling mentally. it and like I couldn't get my mind to calm down no matter what so, I did. So sleep deprived. Yeah. And so then. Holy shit. At like six days in, um, I started going into sleep deprivation, psychosis, like, um, yeah, yeah, and like hallucinating. hallucinating. So that's why it's hard to to determine when like the tripping stopped because that started sleep deprived, which was way trippier than it could be. It's really bad for you. It was really crazy. And then like a few days later, I don't even know how it took this long because I was just fucked, but I'm kind of just like. You know, like navigating around my family, not talking to my friends, like just like whatever. And then my mom and sister like are like, yo, what's going on? And I couldn't even like talk to them at this point. I thought I was like mentally I thought I was. But I find out later they told me I was literally like mumbling to them, like not even saying words. Oh, you weren't saying words? No. Oh, dude. And this is like oh, over a week after I took the dose. And so then Holy I, shit. I'm in and out of the hospital, bro. Like I turned out I... I think more so from the sleep deprivation than the acid. Yeah. My brain started swelling. Oh, Jesus. And I got inflammation in my brain. So they were treating me for that. And the whole time I was just convinced I was in some type of like science experiment. And like, I was like, they were testing on me because I was like tapped into this higher shit, which I was, I'm not going to like honestly renege on that part. Like, I think I was tapped into some higher shit, but oh um, shit. you were definitely tapped into some higher shit. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it was, it was a really wild experience in like, um, through the process, I started reliving some of my traumas from the past. Like, as okay. I would dream when I started to be able to sleep again. But it was the craziest thing, man. Like, I would go to bed. I would wake up from my bed in the past. Live that day having no point I had lived past that point. Like, traumatic experiences. All in my dreams. But it seemed so real I couldn't, wow. couldn't differentiate. And then I came to a conclusion that basically I was being shown all of my traumas to heal them and move past them. So I started making lists of all of the fucked up stuff that had happened and at least three good things that came out of it and finding the light in every dark situation in my life. When I started doing that, I rapidly started coming out of the psychosis. Shut up. Really? Hand to God. That is crazy, dude. It sounds like gratitude journaling. Yeah, like Like essentially. Just being grateful for something, even though you got all the stuff going on. So I think what it really was is my mind was so bogged up on negativity that I couldn't see any light in the world at the time type thing. So it was like a way of being like, yo, dude, look, like all of these bad things that happened aren't bad. Like they just brought you to here where you're supposed to be. 
Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So like I had this conversation with like one of my close friends whose brothers or brother rather took his life when we were in seventh grade, uh-huh. took his own life. And he was like, you know, he brings up that situation and he's like, well, what light can you find in this situation? Right. Right. And then I remind him, your mom has started an organization that has literally changed and made new legislature for like to oh. put programs into school to teach like oh, to recognition and stop and this. stop this oh. and like has made huge wave. The organization, if anyone wants to look into it, is called Connor's Climb. It's a great organization. They're doing great things. Um, you know, whatever. Okay. All right. But, um, Oh, no shit. So that's definitely so something yeah, positive but then from a also both situation. me and my good friend have had a lot of people come to us who are you know maybe in very depressive states that since we've been through this and we've also lost friends to suicide unfortunately and like since yeah. we've been through yeah, we it and have. experienced it you know like we've been more able to help people and I'm like bro how many lives have we and your mom together saved because that happened. Right. You know what I mean? Like the darkest thing always has light coming from it. We live oh, in a dualistic dude. world. You know what wow. I mean? Every light has a dark, every good has an evil. So it's like we can focus on the negative or we can, you know, choose to tune into the light that's always there. Yeah, it's, it is always there. But for some reason, uh, most of us get sucked into that darkness and we <sighs> dwell on things we didn't do. And you no, know, it's you really know. easy to. And I don't know if it boils down to evolution and if you were on your toes back in the day and like really worried about stuff, you're probably going to survive longer. Like, I don't know if it boils into that and like, just like how well, we evolve I think as it's, people. I think it's because there's, uh, everything is a lot easier mm-hmm. and we're not worried about, uh, wolves. Well, right. And so we don't have shit. artificial things, but yeah. what I'm saying is back when we actually had like the wolves and lions and stuff to worry about, right. That's what we're worrying about. But now we worry about, bullshit so yeah. you can't find good in any well, situation I worry about my podcast not recording i'm freaking out <laughs> you know <laughs> like silly shit like that but yeah. like that's what we worry about today mm-hmm. and that's what we drive and it's so easy to get overwhelmed with everything going on yeah which is why i started journaling like three months ago yeah it's great man. i, I, I had I to find positivity in right. every day i had right. to because i was like no it's not working for me so i'm i'm a very spiritual person i'm not necessarily religious but every night I'll thank, and I'll call it by a million different names, but God, so to speak, for just simple things throughout the day. And I try to do that before I go to bed, but also in the mornings when I wake up. And like, I've noticed if you start your day with like being grateful for something and like today is a great example. I woke up pissed off today. Couldn't oh, really? tell you why. Yeah. Couldn't tell you why. But I did that. You know, I express things that I'm grateful for just internally or if it helps you, you can let it out. But either way, and then just did like a few meditative breaths and I've had a great day. You know, it'll yeah, really yeah, yeah. turn your day around to just like mm-hmm. take a second and be like, okay, I'm pissed for no reason. My body doesn't feel great, but mm-hmm. I woke up in a bed. My room's not a thousand degrees. It's a thousand degrees outside. Like it's a, you know, a living yep. temperature in here. Like, I have food downstairs. I have water. Yep. Like it's like, I have so many things in, and that's like just listing basic stuff that everyone has. I could go into like, Oh, I have a music studio. Like yeah. I have people that tune into my music and really I am able to impact their lives on some level on like a, a pretty daily basis. So it's like, 
stuff like that is like extra, but everyone has a lot to be grateful for. Slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. You're not sure how to spell it? Right here at the bottom of the screen. Or you can click the link in the description below the video. I don't know what else I need to tell you about this website except for the fact it's absolutely amazing. They've got the greatest, best clothing I've ever seen. It's amazing. Their their tattoo-inspired prints are phenomenal. Their leggings are great. They've got all these new hats. They got new skateboards, new, new, new stuff coming out all the time. And now, Tony Savaro is doing all of the Talking with Topher art. I can't get behind this company more than I already have. It's absolutely amazing. And now, because of uh, Slowdown, everything that you've done for Slowdown, and now Slowdown is giving me the opportunity to give you 10% off your purchase. Woo! Yeah! 10% off that purchase before you check out. Put in the promo code T-O-P-H-E-R and get 10% off that purchase of the skateboard, the clothing, the beachwear, the sweatpants. You name it, you put it in that cart before you check out. T-O-P-H-E-R and you're going to get 10% off that purchase. So go to slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. You're not sure how to spell it. It's right there at the bottom of the screen. Or click the link in the description below the video today and get your slowdown clothing with 10% off that purchase. And I just want to thank my sponsors for always supporting the podcast. And I want to thank you, the listeners, for supporting my sponsors. New Hampshire Vape Gallery is located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot and next to Smoke Rings, where we are open seven days a week from 10.30 to 8 p.m. And you can give us a call, 603-814-4171. Oh, man, we have got it all. We've got everything. You need to come to this location. You need to come in and see the guys at the gallery. Why? Because you can only get this stuff here. Flavored e-juice, menthol flavors. How about flavored disposables? You need some flavored high nicotine e-juice? We've got it. It's all in stock today. We've got all the varieties, all the best companies, and now we have all the best hemp products. That's right. Hemp is legal federally in 52 states. So guess what? None of these products are illegal. They get you high, and they're coming from the actual hemp plant. That makes them amazing to use. So come on in to New Hampshire Vape Gallery today and see me, Topher, or the guys at the gallery to help you find what you're looking for. Are you just trying to get off of cigarettes today, or are you just trying to get off of nicotine? Whatever your battle is, we are there to help you get through it the best to our ability. So come on in to New Hampshire Vape Gallery located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot and next to Smoke Rings, where we're open seven days a week from 10.30 to 8 p.m. And feel free to give us a call, 603-814-4171. 
And as always, I look forward to seeing you there. NaturalBossNH.com. You're not sure how to spell it? It's right here at the bottom of the screen. Or you can click the link in the description below the video to get to this website. All right. All links are below the video. Go click this one. This one's special. Why is it special? Because it's small business. It's woman-owned. It's absolutely amazing organic products. You got to buy them. You got to try them. I'm telling you, I, I won't steer you wrong. You need to repair your dry skin, get the salve. Once your skin's repaired, get the body balm to keep it repaired. The lip balm will help your lips from cracking during this bright, this brutal, brutal warmth and sun. That dries out your lips, and then we're getting ready for the cold to come in, even though it's so sad to say, but it's true. The cold is coming, and guess what? Your lips are going to be cracking. So go get that uh, lip balm and smack it on your lips and keep them nice and moist and keep them from cracking. But maybe you got a beard like I do and you want to make it look healthy and smooth and not snarly. Well, the beard oil is going to help you with that. And it smells really nice. Um, also, the foot and body soak. That's right. Uh, you want to melt those stressful days away. Well, then get yourself some of this amazing, amazing body and foot soak. This stuff is going to melt those stressful days away. And now you are supporting a small business. So go to this website today, naturalbossnh.com. Click that link in the description below the video and go get yourself some amazing organic products and support your small businesses today. Yeah, no, and I agree with you 100%. And I think looking at that and realizing it would help everybody. You Absolutely. know, I do I do the same thing. I'll be in a funk, super upset about shit. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I have a job. I got this, right. I got this going. I, things are going for me, but it might it's just not going exactly how I want it to. But if you keep working at it, and get over the hurdles, I think yep. you'll eventually get there. And I think there's something also to be said, kind of delving back into like spirituality a little bit, like with just surrendering. Oh, like, you, so like, you yeah. know, like there's well, certain, like certain shit that's out of our control that there's just no point in trying to control. You know what I right. mean? You can't choose when it's high tide. You can't choose when it's low tide. You no. can choose when you go to the beach though. Yes, you can. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like, 100%. don't try to control what you can't control and waste time on that. Focus on, you know, what you can control and right. And that's where I, that. I, that's what I had to find. Right. Because Absolutely. I was always trying to control what I couldn't. And I have the same problem and as I'm I like, think we all do. And it's like I had to let go of that. Right. And I, I don't, I'm not big on God and stuff right. like that. I mean, if you watch last week's podcast, there was a priest and his wife that got robbed mm. and I cheered on the thief. <laughs> I, I, they should be paying taxes. You know what I mean? Like, I just, it's weird. I don't like it. But I, I had to start doing that for myself. I so had to I think that reflect. there's a very, very important distinction in between religion and the church 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Religion is a beautiful thing, and the church is fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed, <laughs> agreed, agreed. <laughs> so like, like I, love, I, who, I, I love surrendering. I love doing all those things, but I so, just can't believe in their foundations. I totally agree with that. And one thing that I've found through my life and just my experiences is, like, I do believe in a higher power, but I believe that that higher power is not found in a church. It's not found in a nope. synagogue. It's not found in anything like that. It's found internal. Yeah, and I agree. I believe that... So my philosophy on, I guess, like God is kind of like we're all one strand of a fractal pattern, right? Okay. So you have a fractal. We're all like one little strand in that fractal of infinity. The whole fractal, the infinite fractal, if you're like like a DMT type fractal, yeah, right? Yep, Just yep. an infinite fractal. That's God. Okay. Everything in existence is one strand of basically the web of like consciousness. Okay. Okay. I'm following That's kind of how yeah, I yeah, look yeah. at it. So it's like kind of in a native American like approach, you know, yeah. like they believed like everything is conscious from like the water in this can to the can itself. Mm-hmm. There is some level of life inside of that. You know what I mean? Uh. So I don't know, but also I believe that it doesn't really matter what you call god or the creator anything like that no or even if you believe in it i think it more so matters that you have something to believe in that keeps you going yes and we all need something regardless to of what yes. that is and yeah, i yeah. think that religion and um spirituality and things things of that nature can like fill that void so to speak in a lot of people's lives but it could be something as simple as um i really like my garden yeah. And I really want yeah, to keep it doesn't my have to be anything nice. crazy. Like it, yeah, exactly. It, it, it can be, be very crazy. simple. You don't have to have an, a fucking five-page paragraph on what you are grateful for. Right. It's literally just, what are you grateful for? Are you grateful that you woke up this morning? Mm-hmm. I, write that down. Mm-hmm. I do five things every morning. I take five, ten minutes, think about it, you know, and I write things down. Sometimes it's two sentences. Sometimes it's one word. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. I just do it every day trying to get that into my head because when I had to surrender and realize that I... Couldn't drink alcohol anymore, mm-hmm. which was one of the worst things for me to find out ever, you know, because I love drinking and it was such a part of me. But when I finally realized and surrendered to it, I, I was like, oh, all right, I can do this. So I can surrender to something. I just I'm not doing the same thing everybody else is doing and going to this God thing I have. I'm looking for something. Uh, I, I know there's something greater than mm-hmm. me. That, you know, there has to be. Right. Right. I mean, they just found some solar thing in the fucking with that telescope, some supernova mm-hmm. they supposedly found. They're digging through space. So there's definitely something bigger than me and bigger than us. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't want to say that it's a, a person. I, I So I don't believe you know? I don't believe God or anything like that to be a person. I honestly think the only possibility of God being a person, how me and you like tangibly think of a person is that this is literally a simulation and there was some really really smart 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 man who programmed this reality Mm. and that's the only way i can foresee like there being a like man or a person exactly like is the overseer but like that's why i like went into like i don't think most religious people really see god like that like and i'm in the past i've been like Oh, you guys are dumb. You believe in this dude sitting in the clouds. But when you really sit back with like most like, you know, aware 
not radical religious people, they don't think of God in that sense. They think of him or I say him because it's right. Like, well, that, that's they been, think of let's God. Let's be real. Like, that's been embedded in us. Right. That it was it's a male. Right. And, and in whatever religion or whatever color you are, that it's it's always a male and it's always that 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 group of and that color. So uh, I think part of that is because of when it started. Right. And back then, no one would listen if it was a female. But then, like, that, that also depends also culturally because you could look at places like, um, you know, like India with, like, Hinduism and stuff like that and, like, where they have a lot of gods and even Egypt, you know, like, they had gods and goddesses, Romans, gods and goddesses. Yep. It wasn't until really more recently right. I, that, like, they boiled it down to, like, there's this dude and that's, like, because it was modern religion was made kind of to be a control mechanism. That, that's what I believe it to yeah, be. So period. it's like, it so. was made to be a control mechanism. And if you're thinking from the mind of the people at that time, they wouldn't be controlled by a woman. Right. Like, 100%. As, as fucked up as that is to say nowadays, maybe like back then, I mean, Mary got pregnant without sex. So, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? But they're, they're, they're out there, you know, touching, Little children. I think it was on Rogan, but I did see there was that girl. I forget where it was, but that like got stabbed in the stomach, and the blade happened to like have semen on it or something, and she got pregnant. And Joe was like, "If there is a second like coming of Christ, this is probably it." Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I swear. Maybe maybe uh, I'm making that up, but I don't I, think I, so. I mean, I don't know how long ago this podcast was because I don't have that great of a memory. <laughs> it is very possible that something, but that is. That's crazy. So yeah. somebody stabbed this girl with a knife. It had semen on it, and she got impregnated. As far as I recall, and I'm pretty sure that's what was said. Man, I, yes. need, I Google that. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to Google that. But uh, <laughs> holy shit, we can after. Would, we can after. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. I'll do after work. But yeah, that's crazy, dude. But yeah, no, I just the whole thing about it just really bugs me. That's why I had such a problem with. I, I'm. A, I, I encourage people to go to AA. I mm-hmm. encourage everybody to. Do whatever you're doing and keep doing it. If it's keeping you off of whatever your right. poison or what your addictions are, then keep doing it if it's for you. But my problem was is I would go to AA. Everything would be great. And then as soon as God came in it, I just I couldn't listen anymore. I checked out. And I was like, ah. And then you're always going to a church. Right. You're always in the kids' class, which f- weirded me out. So did you grow up religious? My parents forced... Uh, what am I, Catholic or Christian? I don't fucking remember which one I am. I'm well, non-practicing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Um, I don't fucking know. But, yeah, so, I mean, I, I do feel like a lot of times, too, that can, like, influence why you're, like, almost repelled by it. Because it's yeah. like you didn't have a say in the matter and it was, like, thrown on you. Like, uh, my parents, or my mom used to take me to, like, church, of, like, eh, a little bit here and there, you know. We'd at least go for, like, all the big, church days and whatever and I think that I actually did like some of the like Sunday school or whatever okay. when I was really young I did but um so much I expressed to her like I don't know how young I was honestly but like at a pretty young age I was like yeah like I don't like this and she didn't force it on me and I think that that was like See, the best thing that could have happened for me because it's left doors open and like I definitely do not live my life according to the Bible and I don't like subscribe to the religion. Yeah. But I think that there's a lot of amazing things said in the Bible and a lot of great teachings if you're willing to like 
look through them and yeah, kind of decipher. You have to, you have to, yeah, you have to decipher oh, it, right? Because there's all that other bullshit so, mixed in between it. But yeah, to, to, to kind of answer you was, yeah, my mom would like literally drag us out of bed to go to church yeah. every Sunday. I had to go to CCD. Uh, I think I got confirmated. I don't know if I did, but I might have. I had to do a whole bunch of shit, yeah. and it was it was awful. I would literally try to sleep in on Sundays and see if like she would ever. And then there came a day where she stopped waking me up, and I was like, "Oh, is it finally over?" And I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I get that. And um, with what I was saying with like deciphering through the religion like yes. type thing, I tend to think the commonalities that religion share with each other are more where like the truth, so to speak lies. Okay. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a certain amount of things that every religion says. Right. And yes. it could just be like universal laws, you know, like be kind to thy neighbor, like type thing. Like it doesn't matter. Right, but like it's how, connecting. Exactly. And I tend to think that the things that all of the books, so to speak, share probably have some resonance of truth to them or okay. else it's like, I like that. why would every, why would every single one of them? And then I feel like yeah. religion is almost like, um, all the same, but for different cultures, I've had that oh. thought a lot of times. So like, that's why like in the old Testament, you know, it was the white man's Bible. It was okay to have slaves. Oh, for real? Yeah. I've never and read any like, of them. And then like honest. the Quran, you know, it's like, okay to conquest in the name of Allah. Because the Persians and all of them were always conquering for land. So they're like, well, we're not going to subscribe to this religion that we can't live inside of or we're going to hell. So let's write it in a way that we can do what (laughs) we want to do and not go to hell. Let's make it work for me. Exactly. No, and that's really how I see it. Like they're all like pretty much the same thing, but just with different cultural lenses on them, so to speak. Oh, wow. I'm really into like religion like well not it sounds like, like you've not into it i just like like it's fascinating yeah like honestly too just like a lot of like i hate to say it but a lot of like videos and stuff a lot of youtube okay. videos yeah, yeah, like yeah. i have like read big sections of the bible i've never read it to cover to cover no and i've never read any other sacred sacred like book cover to cover so like i pick up pieces but it's more so just like I have a really good ability to like my brain's a sponge kind of like if I hear something I'll remember it. Oh wow, that's nice. Like type thing. <laughs> like normally, if it's applicable, like if it's something okay. like where I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting." Like it could be 3 years later it comes up and I'll be like, "Oh, I remember this video from 3 years ago." Oh wow. Type thing. So like that kind of helps in a regard cuz I feel like I remember this thing and then I hear this thing years later and I just my brain instantly connects the two together and it's like oh this sounds like that and that's like how my brain works like it's just constantly connecting everything and it's like the shit doesn't even have to connect most of the time it probably doesn't dude (laughs) my brain I wish it worked like that my brain has dropped so much information over the years it can be daunting (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I I just wish I could remember a lot of stuff you know what I mean like I just have a piss poor memory because I flooded it so much so i think that i have a very selective memory yeah that i don't get to select what i remember oh interesting it's so very it's not weird. always what you're it's into? not so it's normally i'm interested in some level okay okay but it's like it could be random stuff man like it's like i might be trying to remember how to use like this plug-in in my like uh music program right and i like 
can't remember it from like a week ago. But then some random conversation about like this ancient civilization pops up and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I remember all about these people from like the one video I watched on them. Like it's so weird and like, it's not like I consciously remember this stuff. It's just like something will spark it. Almost like if you like smell a certain smell, you know how like smells super connected. Smells trigger crazy Smell something and you'll like, remember like 10 years ago with this day at this place type thing. Right. It's kind of the same thing, but just with words Mm. or like an energy. Maybe like, it's like if the vibe of the thing is the same, it will kind of remind me of it with like, if we're like talking religion wise, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, that sounds like this thing. I don't know. So, so uh, even though your, your, your mom kind of brought you and you were kind of involved in it when you, uh, did psychedelics and stuff. Did that like, like, I don't want to say, I don't know, maybe like unlocked a little bit more, uh, of your uh, curiosity of it and stuff like that. I'd honestly say psychedelics made me do a complete 180. I was going down a pretty bad path. Um, getting into trouble. Fortunately, nothing ever too serious that I got caught for. Um, yeah, but, you know, just going down a bad path, probably like, you know, abusing substances I shouldn't have been taking, stuff yeah. like that. Just not eating right, not exercising right, not ingesting, not like the right like materials, you know, like just like watching bad content, listening to bad music, just okay. like, you know, just in a bad spot. And psychedelics really just opened up my mind and shifted my perspective about like a lot of things. And I've always been a fairly open minded person. But I think it, I think actually what they more so did was help shed my ego and embrace what like I wanted to feel all along more so. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, well, it, it, it makes complete sense because whenever I take mushrooms and I'm, I'm, I'm tripping, uh, I get this uncomfortable feeling mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, okay, what is this uncomfortable yeah. feeling? And then it makes me look at this uncomfortable feeling. And as soon as I face it and figure it out, all of a sudden... I'm not uncomfortable anymore. Right. So I do believe in that. And it's been helping with PTSD, yep. depression. And we're finding out that SSRIs were all based off of fa- a false false narrative. That's the new... Well, they were what? Like, like uh, I think P- Prozac, which is like one of the most famous, I think it... And Wellbutrin. Pr- yeah, I think they proved to be like... 1% more effective than placebo or something, which is like, that's a, the, the, I don't the, remember the I, exact number, but it was pretty much the same effect. I was listening placebo. to breaking points earlier this afternoon and, uh, they, they were talking about this right here and what they were saying was in, in a small cliff note, because I can't recall everything that they said, because, and what they said was the basic gist of it was that all SRIs, SSRIs, uh, are based off of a false narrative is the easiest way I could put it. So like all the, Oh, so even like you're saying like the, the way that they're supposed to work wouldn't work even if it was okay. Nope. Never. That makes a thing. I mean, that makes sense. (laughs) And, and, and they were pointing out how, uh, uh, like, uh, special K and, uh, mushrooms and all these other things are actually helping with all of these problems, but doctors are just giving out, uh, all these SSRIs, right. like they're fucking candy, right. and they're actually fucking people up more. I'm not saying it hurts everybody. What I'm saying is, is that they're giving them to a lot of people that probably don't need them. And so, based I, off of information, yep. that's false, right? So I feel like there is a really strong thing to be said about placebo, 
Yeah. And like, if someone thinks that this is helping them, it will, it will. And I think that if taking a drug helps do that and the drug itself isn't working great, but maybe take a sugar pill instead of Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like (laughs) that. That was like the 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 point of it was like, what 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 are we doing? Why are we pushing? It's like it's like the opioid epidemic Mm -hmm. again. Because now you're finding out that this thing that's supposed to help people out of depression and everything else, and it says it's supposed to work. Now they're finding out that that documentation that's supposed to be standing behind those pills is actually false. Mm. And it's like, what? And I was on them too. I was on Wellbutrin for 20 years. Mm. I was on that shit. And it wasn't until I kicked alcohol and looked at myself and tried to figure things out and cleaned myself up, got my diet right, got healthy, did things. That's when it turned around. And that was only fucking, what, September will be six years. Right. And that's, that's funny. That's right around the same time that I had very similar thing happen, obviously, like, but younger but like timeline wise like same year that's when I had like my psychosis and like that was like so I was like slowly moving into I guess like healthier lifestyles and stuff but just kind of not embracing new lifestyle choices as much as I should have been I think and that psychosis that I mentioned earlier is like like the final nail in the coffin was like yo guess what dude your life is going to fucking suck if you don't learn how right? to fucking treat yourself well. And I think it was like all the pent-up self-hatred I had for myself was like finally mm. releasing out. I could agree with that. And like yeah. That's like how it felt to me. And it's like a very liberating thing, you know? But then like, like you said, it's like a reflecting back. It's like almost wild. It's like, yeah. well, why was I even doing that shit? Why was I even doing <laughs> that shit? But, the, but, but when we're teenagers, that's what we do. We're reckless. We're not thinking that we're going to die. We did, we don't even believe right. it could happen to us right. at that point in time. You know what I mean? So you're living recklessly anyways. Right. So to just add drugs and alcohol and everything else into the mix, it just it, it heightens all mm-hmm. of that. And you just do crazier shit <laughs> than you should, you know? But Absolutely. now, when have do you still see things move? Do you see things breathe on a normal basis? Um, not I, on a normal basis, but I will say it okay. doesn't happen often anymore. But sometimes when I smoke, I will get psychedelically high. Okay. Um, like the other day I was over at one of my buddy's houses and he tossed me a dab of some like particularly, I guess, sativa. I don't really like using sativa indica just cause it's so mixed, but like as far as what, you know what I mean? Right. It, it was as far very as the label sativa. says. Yeah. Very, no, <laughs> but I it got me, believe. it got me going and like he tossed <laughs> me that dab and I literally was sitting there like feeling like I had eaten some mushrooms for like 40 minutes. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. See, like I can, I can wake up in the morning and I go to take a shit and I'll be looking at the floor and it'll breathe. I see that it all ha- the time. It happens sometimes to me. Um, I'm just, I'm always just curious like, as to why it. So also I think part of that could be. The shit's just like always kind of happening and our perception level is just not a keen enough to like pick up on it. So like, for example, like certain times when I feel like I'm at more like elevated level of consciousness or whatever, like I'll start to see more of like a static over stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed if I breathe, that this sounds weird to someone who's, so if you like focus on that and control your breath and like, rhythmically breathe while focusing on the static it will get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and i attribute that static to be the energy that's moving 
around us constantly, like the cheese, so to speak. Okay. And so I feel like that's always happening. But as humans, we can only see such a small bandwidth of vis- like the visible light spectrum. You know, we can't see infrared. We can't see microwaves. We can't yeah. see any of this stuff. Yeah. So I think that it's highly possible with no scientific documentation to back this up. But right, I think right, it's right, to- right. Yeah, totally yeah, yeah. possible that <laughs> like a lot of the stuff that we see visually on psychedelics is going on because it is a proven fact that what we're seeing isn't actually what's here. Ah. Like our eyes see something upside down, so, flip it over, give it to our brain, and then our brain perceives that information and makes a picture out of it. Oh, but crazy. what we're seeing literally is not even what's there. Oh, wow. It's so our like perception of what's you're, there. You're making me feel like I unlocked something in my brain instead of broke it. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like, well, that's how I look like, at it. Cause if not, I'm a crazy motherfucker. Like, I'm, just like, I'm like, <laughs> like, I broke my shit, dude. No. Like, it's broken. No. Yeah. I but always I like, like looking at it that way. So <laughs> I say the same thing in like, I saw a Ted talk. I wish I remember who did it just so I could shout him out, but I don't for the life of me. But, um, that was talking about like certain mental illnesses and had like a focus around schizophrenia. Okay. So around here in the Western world, if you have schizophrenia, you're about as crazy as it gets. In other cultures, if you have schizophrenia, then the healer from the town or the sage or whatever they go by, the mystic, will come to you, seek you out, and you will be trained to be the new mystic. Oh, whoa. What? Yes. And it's all dependent on how... It's perceived. So if you have people telling you all day, you're hearing voices in your head, you're fucking crazy. You're going to think you're fucking crazy. But if you have people telling you, you're hearing these voices in your head because it's messages from the spirit that you need to convey to the world, you're not going to think you're crazy. Oh, dude. And I don't know if you are or not. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying in one way or another, but back to it's all about perception. These people think it's a gift, so it's a gift. So that's how I choose to look at stuff. It's like, is this voice in my head a demon or an angel? That's my choice. I'll say it's an angel. Whoa. All right. Huh. I've never heard of that ever. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. So it's like stuff like that, you know, it's like really like cultural differences in how we're programmed because it's like, We're just like technology. We get programmed from a young age and then we are what we are because of our programming. And it's like, depending on the program, like the codes you have in you, so to speak, kind of depends on how you perceive things. And we could be programmed in different ways. So we naturally see things in a totally different lens. Wow. And instead of locking people up, you would actually have to like dig in and see like what's going on. And of course we don't want to do that. I will say personally, I did have like... Uh. After the psychosis, like I had a huge diagnosis list of like, they're like, oh, all this is wrong with you. But I'm like still in my psychosis. So it's like not applicable anymore. Okay. You know what I mean? But one of the things that they like mentioned was like, I forget exactly. It was like something with schizophrenic tendencies. Like, and I forget what Uh, it was. I have supposed bipolar-ish symptoms. And I was, I was put on. Uh, high anxiety medication, mm-hmm. along with the Wellbutrin, along with an antipsychotic and a mood stabilizer. Yep. So they were trying to give me antipsychotics and those are fucking benzos. Awful. I wouldn't. I didn't take any of the medicine. They oh, gave I me. took all the medicine, bro. So they I were just like, had you to take it. <laughs> I was so scared of everything at the time. So this is how bad the psychosis was. So like, I lost I think eighty pounds over that summer. 
Holy shit. In like almost a month and a half because I was so scared of the world trying to poison me and kill me that I would only eat foods out of my garden. We didn't have that big of a garden. And I well, like the only things not. I liked in it were hot peppers and cucumbers. All right, let me so back that was that like up, my though, diet. Real quick. Like, How okay. much did you weigh before you lost that 80 pounds? So at my heaviest, I was 246 okay. pounds. 246, so you so went down right, to 180, 166? Uh, around there. So right now, standing right now. So that's actually almost healthy. Yeah, no, I'm at okay. a healthy oh, weight now. Uh, no, it, no, no, it wasn't no, healthy how like, I lost it. Right, okay, well, that's what I was Because it was just way at. too fast. Holy that shit. That couldn't be healthy. But, that's um, three months. That's a lot of fucking no, weight in three here's months. Here's the thing, though. I don't know if I said this earlier, but that was like a month and a half into summer. So it was really in like a month and a half that I lost that weight. Oh, my God. Yeah. Six weeks? Yeah. 80 pounds? Yeah. Holy shit. So I was running like a maniac because running would calm my mind. I could oh, think clearly yeah. if I was running. I've heard a and lot of my mind say that. was going so fucking crazy that I couldn't even tell when I was tired. So I could just run for like eight hours. What? Yeah. It wouldn't I I would not get tired. I'd wake up the next day and I'd feel like my body was falling apart, but I could do the same thing again. I was just so not in my body that the body's pain just and like exhaustion just like wasn't affecting me in the same way it does normally. Whoa. Yeah, That's it's really wild. fucked up. I run man. for 15 minutes and oh, I'm same. like done. Same. Oh, <laughs> trust me, dude. If I ran a, like if I ran a mile right now, I'd be pretty tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'd be pushing but, to but run a 5k. That, that right moment now. in time, it was just whew. Yeah, it and it was like it was like I wasn't even noticing. You know what I mean? It's not oh. like I could push through and persevere on like some Goggins shit. It was like I'm just doing it and it's just happening. Huh. And like it quiets my mind, so I'm like keep doing it. So I was just running like a maniac, like one of my good friends before I could, like I told you I wasn't like talking for a while and stuff. Before yep. I could even really communicate again, he was picking me up and bringing me to the gym. Great, oh, really? Great guy, yeah. And uh, so my mom was like in communication with him and kind of like, yo, like we need to try to bring some level of normalcy back. And he was just like, you know, confused at first almost like, cause he had worked out with me a lot and like he saw what I was doing in the gym during the psychosis. And he's like, holy shit, bro. Like I would go into the sauna and just drip and then like run a few miles, then go back into the sauna and then run a few miles. <laughs> and like, like it was just like fucked and wow. like, yeah, no. So like, I can't do that anymore. I'm not like some physical specimen, but like, yeah, I shed a lot of weight fast. Jeez. Um, I'm sitting at like 145 right now and like so i've lost like over 100 pounds at one point i was down to like 119 but i started like trying to bulk back up because okay. i was just like i'm too fucking small. yeah, one yeah. A little <laughs> like, too small. i'm too fucking yeah, small yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just skinny and i'm like no yeah. I, this I, is I, not I, how i meant it to took look. me so long to get over 125 that like to be at 155 is just like i, I want 10 more pounds but it's been taking a lot of time to put it on yeah, see, I never had a problem with that. I used to have a big problem with gaining weight. Now it's like I've I understand my body enough to like for example, like I got up to like 156 like maybe a month ago. Oh wow. And I just like decided that I was going to like cut back down again and huh. in that time frame I've lost 9 pounds. No shit. So it's like it's really like I just like, we'll go down to eating one meal a day 
intermittent fasting. Like, what's your diet like? I mean, well, I'm vegan. Um, okay. So that that's part that also came out of the psychosis. That came out of the psychosis yep. too. So I was did like, you, how long did the psychosis last? Like about a month and a half. Oh, okay, it was the, about a month and a half. Yeah, like okay. that. Like the rest of the summer, I was still pretty weird. So it was right before my senior year of high school. Oh, I was wow. still pretty weird going back to school. I was very yeah. like sensitive, and that's not really like. I mean, I'm a sensitive person, but I'm not easily offendable. Right. You know, and like at the time I was super just like soft, like just super snowflake. Like yeah, just but like, and like, well, no, yeah, it was just weird for me. You know, like I yeah. was like, people were used to me being super social and at like first couple months of school, I'm like sitting at the lunch table by myself with like earbuds and like looking at the table and everyone's coming up like, yo, what's wrong? And I'm like, mm-hmm. like don't yeah, look yeah, at yeah. me. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. So like. It lasted a while. It's kind of like hard to like even like no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. really like know though, honestly, man, because my perception of time and everything was so fucked up because like I said, like in some of my dreams, like I would live a day and like it was like I was actually living a day, but also time doesn't exist. I mean, time doesn't exist in general, but time really doesn't exist in a dream. Right. Sometimes I might live, I'm, well, not anymore, but at the time I might've lived three nights in a dream. So it's like my time frame from the time is just so, so fucked so and thrown off. Like, it, it felt like years. So you would fall asleep on a Tuesday and you would think you woke up on a Friday? No, no, not at all. Oh, I'd fall okay. asleep on a Tuesday night. Yeah. I would wake up, live a, like, let's just make it easy. One day from my past, not understanding that I had ever lived past that point. Oh, okay. And then you I would wake up on Wednesday. No, you're all good. And then I'd wake up on Wednesday morning just normally, but I'd be like, oh, shit. And it's kind of like that, like, oh, I didn't realize that this is where I was in life now. Holy crap. Yeah. Okay. Like, really, so, like, that, that whole thing, like, drastically changed my perception of the world because I was like, okay, we definitely don't know shit because that is just as real as, like, real life. Like, this yeah, is that's fucked true. up, bro. Everyone who I like have said this to is like, oh, whoa. But like in my head with how real some of my hallucinations were, I literally think it's a 50-50 that I'm actually here right now or I'm locked up in a mental hospital hallucinating everything that has happened since that time. I no idea. I choose to live it as though it's actually happening. Well, but with how real some of this shit was, right. I really am like, we don't know. Like, I could have already died 50 times in this life. Like, I, I'm at that point where I'm just like, oh, I know nothing. That's so wild. Yeah. Because I'm here right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, like, I feel yeah, very yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, but, like, but with just some of the things, like, with some crazy. of the, like, I really thought I was there, too. Okay. In the days from my past. You know right. what I mean? I could feel temperature. Because that was the, oh, or wow. actually, so this is how I, this is so, <laughs> so tapped. But um, I picked up a trick from inception with the there's tops or whatever that they spin yeah. so they can tell if they're in the dream world or not. The oh. only thing I couldn't feel it's funny. I brought up temperature cause that's the only thing actually I couldn't feel. I could feel like bodily sensations and stuff, but if I touched something, there would be no temperature that took me a long time to realize. But then like, I always have a chain or something on me, like some type of necklace. Part of the reason that I have had one on since that is because it's something to hold. I can feel temperature in this. So when I I got to the point where I would start checking, like, oh, do I have that? No, I don't. I'm in a dream. 
What? Yeah. That's like the, isn't that like It's a, super inception the, bro. Like it There's like, like a knocking on the door or something. If you could knock, if you could, if you couldn't knock on the door, you would realize you were in a dream or something. Isn't yeah, that it's like, like a, that's like a lucid dreaming type thing, okay. right? Like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, if you can jump off the roof and survive, you're, you're, you're in a dream. Well, most of the time <laughs> Don't try you, it though. Yeah, most of the time, <laughs> if you jump off of anything in a dream, you wake up pretty t- quick. Yeah, yeah, no. So, but like, I, I've always heard of like going into a dream and then you would, you would try to like, grab something or, yep. or knock on something or do something, but and I it will have react never... differently. But yeah, no, literally it was like, I've had that in dreams. Cause I have, I've had lucid dreaming happen in the past. Like as a kid, I would lucid dream like very often where I just like would do whatever I wanted in my dreams. And that landscape was different than the landscape I was in during the psychosis. During the psychosis, it's like, I could knock on this. It would knock Oh, I could walk through doors and go outside. I could do anything like, like literally, I think the only thing, or maybe I'm like, just like, I didn't notice anything else, you know, but the only thing I ever noticed being any different from the actual reality is temperature. Wow. That is so crazy. Yeah. Wow. So it's like weird, but I'd still feel temperature in my body. I couldn't feel temperature in like objects. Like what I was saying, I can, I could feel like bodily sensations. Yeah. 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 So like, I could still feel like my body. So like if I touch my arm, that wasn't a good test. So I'm like, oh, I need something on my neck. You know, like I need something else close. So now you go to sleep. You got that around your neck. You know, you go in. And like that doesn't happen to me anymore. Like I want to stress like this was like. Yeah, exactly. And then like also like sometimes I feel like weird even really like delving deep into this stuff because some of the shit to me even just sounds so fucking absurd that it's just like yeah (laughs) exactly like it's like exactly and it's like i really tend to be a logical person but there's some things that i just can't find logic for that i've experienced well there's just some things in the in life that you just can't explain and that's gonna happen yeah you know but that is still a wild fucking oh, yeah, dude. thing it's to crazy. have happen to you. That is just insane. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm just really grateful to be, like, pretty normal now. Like, I'm definitely cooked. <laughs> like, I'm definitely, yeah. like, you know, like, I'm into stuff that's, like, not a lot of people are into and whatever. And, like, I guess, like, I don't know. But, like, I'm pretty normal compared to where I was at, and I'm super grateful for that. But I'm also, like, ex extremely grateful for the psychosis itself because like it was really in my mind living in hell for a month and a half or two months or whatever that felt like an infinity but the thing is is what you know when you get through the other side like persevering through that like in who it made me it's like I don't know what other experience could have done that so rapidly and no matter what it made you a little bit stronger you know to come out of that and absolutely so like are you familiar with Hamilton Morris? Like Hamilton's The name Pharmacopia. sounds familiar. Okay, huh? so he had an awesome show, Hamilton's Pharmacopia. Okay. And, like, he has a great podcast and everything, and he just tar- talks about, like, the pharmacology of, like, different drugs, and, like, he'll talk to, like, different chemists and stuff like that about how the drugs are synthesized and made and all of that stuff. Really cool. But um, he actually said one of his friends, the first time they tripped on acid, or first time he ever did anyways, his friend got like stuck in it or whatever, you know, he went into an acid induced psychosis and had a very similar experience to what I had. Oh, wow. He is still fucked. What? He's still fucked. He never came out of it. Hamilton said he came out of it, but no, 
Like he's oh. very, very off. Like you would know like something happened. The to very this dude. first time he tripped? Very first time. Holy shit. That Hamilton did anyways. I don't know if it was right, his right, friend's right. first time. But yeah, and he's like a huge psychedelic advocate. And I'm like, dude, how could you watch one of your best friends go into a psychosis your first time tripping and just be like, I love this. Right? <laughs> right? That is so wild. Intense. I was, I have to say, anytime that I did acid, I was uh, always worried of whether or not I was going to get stuck. Because we've had, I, I, I knew a couple I never people. had that fear because, I mean, like, obviously there's a generational gap, but, like, I feel like I didn't get quite as much of the fear mongering, you know what I mean? But then, like, also, and, like, propaganda about it. But also, I was just in such a, like, I don't fucking believe, like, society in the world and science and shit at the time that I was like you're just trying to scare me from taking this like I was looking at it like is like oh they don't want me to know like you know what I mean like they don't want me to take this and that's honestly probably I think part of the reason maybe that psychedelics are illegal because if everyone had taken psychedelics the society wouldn't really work how it does now and probably they don't really want that yeah, my parents were just like, don't do acid, don't do this. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And then we heard of people getting stuck. And then I, wish it, I, I, I witnessed a friend do it. And then I was just like, well, if I just stick to what I do and maybe lower my dosages, maybe I'll be fine. And this was before we even could get our hands on mushrooms or anything yep. like that. I mean, that was like unheard of. So psychedelics, I, the first time I ever took, well, no. The first time I ever actually, like, <clears throat> seriously tripped on mushrooms, uh, I instant, like, I was just trying to, like, be like, oh, let's get high, let's see some cool stuff, whatever. Instantly realized that's not what it was. Instantly realized how much deeper it was from that, from my first profound trip. And I instantly started using it as a tool for, like, progression and, like, diving into myself. Oh, wow. Like, first time. And... Probably, uh, I was tripping on mushrooms at first exclusively, and then I found some good acid, so I started taking acid. And the first time I took a tab of acid was honestly one of the first times in my life that I was like, oh, I feel at home. Like, oh, my whole life I had had this feeling when I was in my house, no matter where I was, I was like, I don't feel like I'm in the right place. Like, I just don't feel like this is right. Like, and like, I had told my mom when I was a kid, like, I remember multiple times, like, I want to be at home. Like, she's like, you are home. What do you, what do you fucking mean? And like, then like, um, more words or less words, whatever. A lot nicer way of saying it. My mom's yeah, yeah, a yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, the, like the first time I really tripped on acid, I literally had this feeling of just like, welcome back. Like oh. you're home now. And that was like the first time I had like felt that type of like. Just loving embrace. Yeah, yeah no, so like I, I feel like psychedelics for me, like not to sound corny or whatever, but like if there is a divine path, they were definitely in mine. You know yes. what I mean? Like they they made sense for me, and like I'm like very sensitive to psychedelics. Like it does not take a lot to really put well, me far out. That, that that's not really that shocking after hearing that story. Yeah, I, yeah. I would pretty much. Because, like, when I, I'm actually the opposite. When I got into psychedelics, I did a lot of acid. I got into the gel tabs, the liquid, sugar cubes. We were fucking putting it on everything. Mm -hmm. And then I found mushrooms, and that made me feel like I was at home. Mm -hmm. that, that feeling of... Because uh, the acid was always... Oh, I was, it was out there. I got to a point where it didn't even matter how little I would eat or how... Uh, like, I could lower my dose but it would always wind up 
being just like this awful experience hmm. oh, at, at a certain point. Acid ended up bringing me to that point, and I didn't stop taking it. And I think that's part what? of the reason the psychosis happened. So yeah, oh, so I started I going down the wall, rabbit hole, mm-mm. and like it was like I could take, like you were saying, I could take a quarter of tab, a half a tab, five tabs, didn't matter. It would instantly bring me back to the same place I yes. left off on the last trip. And that's actually crazy you say that because I've had so few people feel me on like when I say that. Dude, no way. Yeah, no. So it kept bringing me back there. But I was like ignorant and also just overly curious. You know, curiosity killed the cat. I was like, okay, I keep ending up like at this place. Let me see if I can get deeper though. Oh, wow. So you pushed Yeah, it. I was chasing the once, rabbit, Once man. I got uncomfortable and I spent a few trips, like, fucking hiding in a corner, I and then I found mushrooms, and mushrooms made me feel warm and fuzzy. And I was like, oh, well, this is a different way of doing things. But yep. eventually, uh, when I was in my 20s, those led me down the same road. Mm. But it wasn't as dark of a road. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, well, I got to let go of psychedelics. And then it wasn't until mm, probably about six or seven years ago, right around the same time I started jujitsu, where mushrooms started poking up again. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, let me let me see what I, see what this does. And, and then it was like, oh, I'm not going back to where I was, but it's also been 18 years right. later. My mentality's different. Everything's changed. And now I'm not using them to crack open glow sticks and do right. all this. And that's a huge part. You know what I like, mean? That's a huge factor. I, I was think. taking them and then I was like enjoying anything going on or right. I was being outside. I was being in nature and I was enjoying them right. instead of using them as a party trick. So I think part of the reason that like... I think how you use psychedelics drastically like affects the outcome. Yeah, I believe and I that. think part of the reason that like I got really into going d- deep is because the mushrooms, you know, sparked my curiosity, pulled me in a little bit, and then once I got acid, like I started taking um, in between two to four doses. Like on Friday nights, I'd take like two to four doses after my family went to sleep, and I'd just sit in the living room in the recliner in like darkness and just like close my eyes and like think. And like try to dive deeper and stuff. So I feel like that, like having that intention as I want to like go as deep as I can go, I feel like led me as deep as I could have gone, but at the same time resulted in, you know, the psychosis and all of that stuff. Right. So like, I think with psychedelics, that's a huge thing that some people like don't really put as much stress on as they should. Like, no, your intentions I mean, in everything in life, your intention's huge. But when it comes to psychedelics, your intentions are damn near everything. Like, you want, you know, you want to set your intentions, what you want out of it, the benefits you want from it, like, how you want the experience to go. And that will drastically impact it. But if you're like, you know, I'm just trying to get high, they might just get you high or they might, you know, talking of them like they're an actual person, they might get mad at you. Yeah. And smack you in the face and be and like, what wind the up, fuck are you doing? Up trying curled to, up in a ball yeah. on the floor. and uh, They're like, bro, you ate and ate the mushrooms. What are you doing trying to fucking look at glow sticks right now? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, they're yeah. like mad at you. Right. Like, and that's like, with mu- that's the one thing, like some people don't like this about mushrooms, but this always pulled me to mushrooms is acid. I feel like, and this is a weird way of putting it, but I feel like acid kind of amplifies your own consciousness, right? Yeah. And then mushrooms do that but also i feel like there's a secondary consciousness there which yes. is the mushrooms consciousness 
itself, which like to someone who hasn't taken mushrooms, that sounds kind of crazy, but it's literally like you hear the mushrooms talking to you. To go off of that, I'll agree because I feel like when I was tripping on acid, it was just for the fun. It was for the, it was all, it was all me, 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 me. But when I ate mushrooms, I felt one with nature. Mm. I was, I wanted to be outside. I wanted to be in the, you know, with the trees and I wanted to be on the lawn. And I didn't get that with acid. Acid didn't drive me outside. It drove me inside and glow sticks and all this other shit. So I believe that to be true. I heard one in this. I don't know who originally said this. I've heard a few different people say it, but there's like uh, a saying that, Acid is like Star Trek and mushrooms are like Lord of the Rings. Oh, right. So acid's like cool lights and sci-fi and like it will open your mind up. Don't get me wrong. Definitely. And like, you'll see like, you know, like all kinds of cool colors and everything like that. But mushrooms, it's like, it's a journey. It's like, yeah, some magical shit is happening. Like in Lord of the Rings, you know, there's some magical shit happening, but you better strap in for like a journey because you're getting taken on a journey. Yeah. In Star Trek, it's like, it can kind of take you wherever. It's not like this long drawn out right, journey right. that you're like brought on. Ooh. It's like, just like cool colors and stuff. And I hate to like, I'm not trying to, I guess box these, acid these are, in is these just are our cool personal colors. experiences. Well, yeah, you yeah, know, but like also I've had a lot of evolution through acid, so I'm not saying it's limited to that. Oh no, of but it's not. just like it tends to lean slightly more in that direction. But I'll tell you, these days I don't even really hear about acid. I hear more mushrooms than anything today. I don't. I don't really hear a lot of people taking acid anymore. Maybe it's just my age. Yeah, bracket. I was thinking that it might be because I definitely still have plenty of friends who love acid over mushrooms. But oh, um, really? Yeah, <clears throat> but I think it's a lot of my friends who like maybe they play guitar and they play in a band and they like to take like a half a tab and like jam with their band for practice. Oh. You know what I mean? Or go to a gig or something like it's not like the same type of hmm. trippers. I feel okay. like like I feel like a lot of people who are eating mushrooms and it makes sense why at an older age there would be more people drawn to mushrooms because I feel like more mushrooms catalyze evolution in a way that acid can but doesn't necessarily. Okay. And so I feel like that's you know if you're trying to do self-work that's more appealing to you. But if you're trying to chill and have just like slight visuals and like feel light and airy it's like well, you don't want to risk having the weirdness of mushrooms. Like even on a microdose, right. like I microdose on and off. And like sometimes when I microdose. I love microdosing. Yeah. And sometimes I'll be blissed out, but sometimes I'll be like super anxious and I'll have to work through it. And that's the thing with mushrooms, you don't really know. And I feel like people who microdose LSD report a lot more of consistency. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Ben Greenfield used to, uh, now, now he doesn't do uh, any of it. I guess he's stepping away from herbal medications but uh he was doing uh liquid acid mm-hmm. and he would put it in this thing and then he'd add so much and it would dilute it and he knew exactly what this yeah. was going to do and he would use it for working out and doing stuff because you could go further so and here's here's uh, i have a conundrum in my head so there's oh, I, I just like don't really know how like to word what i'm saying oh that's fine um Actually, my brain space. My bad, bro. No, you're fine. You're <laughs> fine. Your no, you're um, good. You're good. Um, I mean, it, it's just, it just, it is what it is. You know, some people want to step away from it. Other people want to dive into it. Mm-hmm. But I think, 
if you're going to do any of this stuff, uh, just use caution. I remember Don't what I was going to say. So what I was going to say is the one thing I love about synthetic, you know, like acid compared to mushrooms, like, and not to say that they can't make synthetic psilocybin because they absolutely can oh, and do. Can. But um, the one thing that I like about the synthetics is you can control your dose very precisely. The one thing I don't like is you're missing out on so many active alkaloids that are in that medicine that you're not getting that have a synergistic effect. Okay. So, like, uh, you know, mescaline is the main compound in peyote. Yep. And I'm forgetting the exact number, but I think there's something around 500 compounds in it. Oh, wow. That also affect you. So it's like when people reduce it down to the mescaline and put that on blotter paper, which people do, and just take the mescaline, it's a lot different experience of if you just take the peyote itself. Oh, yeah. Kind of like ayahuasca to DMT, right? Yeah. And then even like, I mean, I haven't done 5-MEO, but like 5-MEO versus like DMT. Right. It's like just like different like levels. And it's like, now I don't know specifically if 5-MeO also has other active compounds and alkaloids, it was it would kind of make sense to me that it does, but I just don't know. Um, I would have to say, I'm pro- I'm, I do not know much yeah. about the DMT side <laughs> of things. I've wanted to try it, but have, uh, have not had the opportunity. You know what's the funny thing? DMT for a while, and even like right now, like after my psychosis, there's something like, just daunting about like a six to seven hour or eight hour, whatever it is trip. Like I'm like normally around like four hours. I'm like, I've been here before. Like I'm, well, kinda, well, I'm kind of ready to go back and it gets like, it can get kind of scary. Like I'm like, Oh, am I stuck in this shit again? I have not gone on a like six or 10 hour trip in forever. I think I, I don't even, I, I keep it very low dose Yeah, because so, uh, of my fear. So I still have it. So, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So my fear isn't of going deep, right? Because I've been as deep as it gets and I made it out. Yep. Or as deep as I think it gets. It could get a whole bunch deeper. I don't fucking know. Probably. But, but um, I've been deeper than I foresee myself going again because I'd never take that big of a dose again. But the thing is, is like, I don't know, like, I kind of want that profound remembrance, right? So it's like, I don't want to take the dose that will make me trip for 10 hours or eight hours or whatever it is, but I want to get the same lesson out of it and the same remembrance of that Uh, information that you can only achieve from taking a certain size of dose. So what's really attractive to me about DMT is that you reach the same depths, but it lasts 10 to 15 minutes. So it's like I can get in and get out and come back profoundly different, but I don't have to worry about like, you know, I'll make it through 15 minutes of hell, whatever. I'd rather it be 15 minutes than, you know, six to 12 hours. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, so it's like that's my but, logic on it. And like certain yeah. people like I've told like I'm most comfortable tripping on DMT now or like look at, look at me like I have three heads, you know. They're like, well, what the fuck? And I'm like, no, but dude, it's like, I've had DMT-like trips off of both acid and mushrooms where I was fully pulled out of my body. The only difference is those will last like two hours of being out of your body versus like 10 minutes. Right. Well, that's what I was just going to say. DMT, uh, if you, you smoke it or if it's in the vape pen, that's only like 15 minutes. 
Right. Where the ayahuasca is like a fucking 12-hour yep. journey. But the uh, ayahuasca, from what I've heard from people who have taken it, is like less embraceive in some ways than like freebase DMT is. Mm. So, because you, you ease into it. Like the one thing that a lot of people who I've talked to who like do have like hesitancy towards DMT over other psychedelics, the one thing I feel like people don't like about it is that you go from zero to a hundred, like really fucking fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually what I like about I it because the weirdest part is like too. the come up for me. Like, and that's like normally where like I'll go wrong is in the come up and that will like ruin my trip. Cause I'll get like those anxieties and stuff yeah. that are just naturally part of it. You know, you're shifting your level of consciousness. It's going to naturally happen. Your body's like, Oh, what the fuck's going on? One of my favorite parts of taking mushrooms is all the colors and everything yep. just gets bright and your vision gets kind of sharp. Yep. So I love know? that part love of mushrooms, that. but I, I like, it just don't like the feelings of the come up. So I'm like, Oh, so I'm just going to get, catapulted into the middle of right. the ocean okay that's what intrigues me about dmt is yeah like, oh you get me right there you're gonna right. put me right there and then i'm gonna be back in like 15 minutes yeah right that's cool yeah like and i will say the weird thing about dmt is how much it trickles into your life though hmm. so like if you take mushrooms or something yeah you might have it trickle into your life a little bit in the sense of like new perspectives new this new that after I smoked DMT for the first time, it was like everything was lining up for like two months after. Like it just seemed like I saw like it was so weird. I don't really know how to like explain it, honestly, but it, it was kind of just like everything made sense in mm. a way that like it doesn't normally. And like I understood why stuff was happening on a level that I didn't normally understand. Oh. Now, when you when you go when you were doing DMT, I had a friend tell me about his DMT experience, and he said he kept he he would take it, and then he would get to this point, and then and then all of a sudden he would fall back, but then he would smoke it again, and he would try to get to that point again, and then go further. Did mm. you have experiences like that where you kept going into the same experience almost over and over again to so, get further? I know plenty of friends who have had those experiences. I personally haven't because I'm like, um, my thought on it and like, this could be right, could be wrong. I don't, I don't know just how it works for me. Whatever the experience is meant to be is what it is on the first dose. And uh. I don't like to chase after things because I feel like it's disrespecting the compound, so to speak. Interesting. Like, it's like, okay, if that's what you wanted to show me for tonight, that's what you're showing me for tonight. But I don't want to like... Oh, so you're not like, I got to go see that again, no, like that no. type of situation. I'm like, okay. I, I appreciate it. I like, you know, might thank, sorry, no, might good. thank the compound or whatever for like the experience. And then like, that's, that's that. Like, you know, I'll try to integrate it into my life. But did you ever smoke it again and then kind of get back into that same spot? Oh, oh you're saying like at a later date. No, no, no. Just like, like my, my friend was doing it kind of back to back. Yeah, a little see, that's bit. what I'm saying. I don't normally, I don't do it back to back. Oh, okay. So you would do it, you have your experience, and you're done. Yeah, until the next time I'm going to oh, use it. Oh, because oh, I oh. just like look at it as like whatever that experience that I was looking for. I also normally feel fulfilled. You know, like I feel mm. like, oh, I got out of this what I was looking to get out of this. There's no need to push the waters. But also I think that like because of the psychosis and other things that have happened in my life, I feel like it's kind of taught me moderation, you know? And like, I'm like, 
DMT is great to use time to time, but I've had some friends who use it really often and it can definitely make you really fucking weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> and like, and right, like, so it has the same effect as all hallucinogens. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. It's so it's just like... Interesting. I don't know. I just... It's just a personal thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with taking it multiple times, and there's a reason that you can because it's already in our body, so it processes out so fast you don't build a tolerance to it type thing. Right. So you can just instantly use it again. And, like, I've watched people do that, and I have no quarrel with it. Just for me personally, I just don't ever find hmm. the need. And maybe maybe I'm speaking too soon, you know? Never say never. Like, maybe one time I will do DMT and be like, okay, that was great, but I think that I was meant to see more and I'll smoke it again. Maybe, you know, wow. it just hasn't happened yet. I, I, like the first time I went into DMT, I didn't even like fully blast off, but I still felt like I got everything I wanted out of it. And my buddy was like, you want to smoke more? Like later in the night? And I was, no, I'm all good. Like, I think, I think I got what I needed. Like, I feel good about it. There's no need. Ah, that's pretty cool. I, I think I need to think of things like that more <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like because i was thinking more like my friend i was like oh that sounds cool like i want to see what it is and then if i can keep going back in and keep making that story continue right. on that sounded pretty cool but i like your so i think part of things so as well i think part of it for me is like like i said i'm pretty into like spirituality and stuff and i i do believe in like these compounds being on some level or another like divine or like conscious or however you want to call it like I believe that there's something more to them and the energy to them of just like, it's a key that fits in this receptor in our brain. So we have this experience and it could just be that, you know, it could just be all synapses, like reaction, whatever. I don't know. Right. But how I feel from my experiences is that it's something greater. So like I tried to treat and I wasn't always like this, but now I try to treat psychedelics with like an extreme amount of respect Mm -hmm. and gratitude and appreciation for them. So like, I almost feel like it's, like a, a slap in the face to the DMT to like be like, okay, you Smoking just showed like me all this head. shit, <laughs> but like, fuck you. I want to see more shit. Okay. And like, that's what I used to do with acid. Yeah. And yeah, that's what too. led me into deep waters that I like made it out of, but like was looking pretty dicey for a bit. So, right. you know, I'm right. like you disrespected it and exactly. It and like, ride. and that's also just like, whether it's like, you want to look at it as like, it's like, sentient or anything like that it doesn't really even matter it's more so just like an easy way to word it right like you want to respect the drug like it's just like a we're used to talking about people as people so it's like a lot of times i'll talk about inanimate things as if they're people just because it's easier to convey what i'm saying and like when it comes to psychedelics there's like inadequate like the the english language is just inadequate to describe psychedelic experiences so like it, it makes it easier to like try to use metaphors and right. you know, it does it does because it's some of the, some of the trips that i've had you're just like how do you can't yeah, I don't, like, what I don't do I, and like the weird thing about that too is you can explain the experience perfectly to someone else who has had the experience yes yes you can but if it's someone who hasn't tiptoed in the waters they're never gonna understand like no, one of my buddies you like what are you talking about so my group of buddies all for the most part, started tripping together around the same time, except for one of my buddies who was like, had a very promising like hockey career going and like he ended up getting a bunch of injuries. So like he had to stop, but you know, was getting like D D one looks and all that stuff and like was looking pretty good. So he was like, yeah, I'm really interested, but I just think I want to hold off because I don't want to have like this profound realization and then be like, 
oh, I'm not supposed to play hockey when like I have like real potential to do that. I'm like, makes total sense, bro. Like do it when you think the time's right. Yeah. So he started later, but I would always talk to him about my trips just cause you know, we love talking and he's an intelligent kid. I'm like, he, he's picking up on what I'm saying, you know? And he felt like he was, I felt like he was. Then he tripped for the first time. He literally hit me up the next day and was like, bro, it all makes so much more sense. Like, he's like, I <laughs> thought I got what you were saying, but I did That's not get what you were saying. But I got what you're saying now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he thought he did the whole time, but then it, it, he realized once he really got what I was saying, he's like, no, I did not know what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, that's uh, what we, what we say about a lot of things is like, you know, even today when, uh, you know, people are making laws and all this mm-hmm. other shit, it's like most of the people doing that, have have never even touched anything. They have no right. idea what they're uh, blocking, you mm-hmm. know, or making illegal. They just don't know, and they just, just they listen it. to the stories, you know, like my parents used to tell yeah. me, "Don't do this." Now, I I smoked mushrooms once. That's not going to do anything. First of all, I, I I I was tripping. Placebo. I don't know. I was already on acid, but it was the here, acid. Okay, <laughs> I, I, that's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. But here's the thing. Uh, my, my, uh, girlfriend's little brother at the time was not on anything and he came into the room and he smoked those mushrooms and he was tripping. So now, I mean, it, I'm not the type to say that that didn't happen to you. Cause if you experienced it, you experienced it. You know right, what I mean? And that's fair. But like from a scientific standpoint, my understanding on it, that's not a thing. Because really? so like so, so there's a reason that like you don't even want to use too hot of water when you're brewing shroom tea. Honestly, ah. the proper way to make shroom tea, and I'm putting y'all on the game because most people don't know this, but you want to use ice cold water. You put the ground up mushrooms into this ice cold water. The ice co- cold water actually helps to remove the psilocybin and psilocin. Ooh. It will ch- change the water from, you know, a clear color to a dark, dark blue that we recognize with psilocybin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can then add that into a tea. But I recommend brewing the tea ahead of time, letting it cool just a little bit, just like to the point where it's comfortable to drink. Okay. You know, you don't have to let it get lukewarm, but just not boiling water. Right, right. And then okay. add it in. And that's how you preserve the most possible alkaloids. And like uh, Paul Stamens, I remember talking about that one time, maybe on Rogan. I don't really remember. But he was saying uh, you could make ice cubes with them. And he was like, it's great for a Woodstock, you know, Woodstock. You just throw the ice cubes in someone's drink and you're all tripping. What? Yeah. You know, Holy so shit. So the proper way to extract psilocybin and psilocin is actually with cold. But most people use hot because heat in most reactions is a catalyst. So maybe the whole experience with the smoking the mushrooms, even for him, was placebo. So here's my other question. Has he tripped since then? Oh, I don't know. We don't even talk. Okay. So what I was going to (laughs) say is if he had Uh, never tripped before. Well, no, he tripped with me a couple of times, but after the fact. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I wish that like, because you probably didn't think to ask him this, but like, I wonder if he still would have been like, yeah, I was tripping. Oh, I, I, Cause, like, I honestly my thing, wish like, I could tell you, but right. unfortunately. No, yeah, 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 no, I get it. But um, The younger brother stuck with his sister, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, 
I don't blame him. But, yeah, no, so, like, kind of what I was thinking is, like, when you smoke damn near anything, you could roll up a bag of green tea. If you smoke it, you will feel something. Okay. Because you're at least depriving your body of oxygen at the very least. Oh, okay. You're yeah. at least, chain. you know what I mean? You're at least putting smoke into your body. It's at least going to probably make your head have a slight rush, a slight feeling. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of smokable herbs that are, like, non-psychoactive that you still feel. Like, even CBD, right? If you smoke CBD, it's non-psychoactive, but you still feel different. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like he could have smoked that, not known what tripping was, felt this mixed with the little bit of placebo and is like, yeah, bro, I'm tripping. Well, that's what I was kind of getting at. It was like I, I was like I was already on acid. Right. Two of my other friends were already on acid. We were all tripping balls. So we smoked the mushrooms because I was like, this is a great idea, of mm. course. And then he comes in and he smokes it. But. Maybe he wasn't tripping, and what actually happened was is he had a placebo effect because we were all tripping. Also, he felt like he was. Maybe. Yes, so also, like, and this is, like, not scientific at of all, but, not. like, um, I've noticed, like, consciousness tends to level out. Okay. So I'll explain that. Like, if... I've been with my buddies a lot of times, right? Where they'll eat like three grams and maybe I was like the trip sitter or whatever. So I'm like, but I'm like, I'm still trying to eat a little bit. So I'll eat like a half gram and like given we used to always eat penis envy. So that's still a decent, that's a decent, it's decent. Like you'll still feel it definitely. But we notice like, especially with like the twins who I make music with, we would all just get to the same level. Oh no shit. Like I'd pull them down and they'd pull me up and we'd all end up having like the same type of experiences on totally different doses so like i've never experienced that with like a group of people tripping and like one person not tripping and like ask them how they were feeling but like i could almost see like if you know you guys are tripping really hard he's kind of picking up on the energy right you know i could almost see it like that and it's not like he hadn't done it before then so he knew you know what i mean Oh, okay so he had tripped before yeah 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 i i i i Way too young. Yeah, I was having this kid friggin' smoke pot and do fucking acid with me, and he was, like, fucking 12, dude. It was <laughs> I mean, so bad. I'm trying to think, like, because I always forget how young I was when I started doing shit because it's, like, it seems weird. You know, yeah. I'm like, no way I was that young. Like, when I hear someone, like, oh, I started smoking weed at 12, I'm like, that's outrageous. And then I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah, 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 I was like twelve or thirteen. Like, yeah. I, I, at, at the time, I was like seventeen. Yeah, you know, so there was only a five year difference, but still, I was. You I mean, know, if it makes you feel better, uh, me and my buddy have, or me and one of my buddies way back in like fifth grade. So we're what like nine, ten, yep, whatever. We're at like a family party, and his sister, who was in college. And her college friends were over, and they were literally dumping out soda cans and filling them with beers for us. Oh, we were okay. in fifth grade and just got us obliterated. Yeah, so so we, it's like we all it's do normal it. shit. Yeah, we, we <laughs> like, all do like, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I don't really think. I don't think you can blame yourself for that one because it's like also it's like if you're friends with the person, you're just like 
you're not looking at it as like, I'm a bad influence on them. You're looking at it as like, dude, we're just boys having a good time. Yeah. Together. I was just trying to share my experience. Yeah, exactly. Like it was, or maybe kind I was making him share my experiences. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I can look at it so many different right. ways, but I, I will say that out of all the things in my past, I'm always like, man, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but I was like, ah, just don't do it again. You know yeah. what I mean? Learn from your experiences. So what's up with this snowmobile crash? Before, oh, before we move snowmobile on. crash. Um, so my sophomore year of high school, mm-hmm. I crashed. As, well, I, I'll give some lead up first. Sure. Me sure, and my sure, dad sure. were going to one of his buddies, like estates, like gorgeous place, right? Like immaculate. I'm not not in the monetary class to be in places like that normally, <laughs> you know, like estate. And anyway, we're up like bumfuck Maine, like past Rangeley Lake. And, you know, just having a good night. It's like, we're all smoking cigars. I was like, you know, 15, 16 at the time, but they're like, yeah, whatever. Like you can smoke them. Like, so we're like smoking cigars and like drinking whiskey. I'm like, oh, this is sick. You know, whatever. Like the next day we're going to go out for the whole day and snowmobile. And I'm pumped. Like I've done some snowmobiling, but never on serious trails, like where it's really open. And so we're, we're getting going and like I was getting comfortable really quick. And like my dad realized and his buddy who like knew the trails realized and he's like, yo, like feel free, you know, like you can go quicker. Like, yeah, yada, yada, yada. Like it's fine. I was like, okay. So I'm like going pretty quick and like we're meeting up every so often at like checkpoints along the trails. Like Mm -hmm. there's like little trailheads that we just like stop and wait for people because if you're riding pretty quick, you want to be pretty spaced out. In case something happens, you don't want to, you know, hurt two people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, So we're just flying and then we get to a trailhead, stop, everyone talks. And my dad's buddy looks at me and he's like, hey, man, like this next section is a straightaway. Pin it through here until the next like head. Checkpoint. And yeah, and like that's where you should start slowing down. And I'm like, word. So... He didn't realize when you tell a 16-year-old to pin it, they're going to fucking pin it. Holy shit. So I was going like over 100. Holy fuck. And Snowmobiles go over 100 miles an hour? Yep. Holy shit. Yep. And I was going a little over 100. And it's like a really, really, really straight trail at this point. So it's like, it's not that big of a deal. And, but then I see a turn come up, right? And the trails were pretty icy that day. And the sled I was on just happened to get, like, new carbides, which are just, like, bottom of the ski, like, dig into the snow to help you groove in. So it was, like, dug in a lot, and I'm going really fast. And there's, like, a ravine and a turn. And there's, like, this, like you know, like, this little gully that's probably, like, eight feet across. I hop both legs onto one side of the sled and, like, rip the handlebars, can't get it to turn. It's just, like, locked in place. It's going so fast, I just didn't even think to jump off like jump off or anything like Holy that like shit. it didn't even cross my mind because it's like you don't even realize how fast that's going it's all good um you don't even realize how fast like it's really happening until you have to react going that speed and so i see this little like ravine and i'm like yo i need to either pin it and make it over that or i'm hitting those rocks and i'm dead holy fuck so i fucking shit. pin it I made the jump, but 
when I got to the other side, I'm so in shock. I'm just death gripped on the throttle. Okay, yeah. So I land, don't lose that much speed, then just instantly start accelerating again. And probably like 10 feet after, I just slammed into a tree. Holy shit. My, my back legs, I didn't, my hands didn't leave the handlebars. I was so locked on. My head hit the tree. I broke my carbon fiber helmet right down the middle. Oh, yeah. Thank God you were wearing a helmet. Oh, yeah. You, you got to, especially when you're going like, riding like that you definitely need a helmet and it's so cold you want it (laughs) but like yeah so like broke a carbon fiber helmet like that's stronger than steel i mean it's to be fair it's more rigid so it's easier to crack but um my legs end up like i basically scorpioned up and where my you know the tension built up in the middle it just like I got a really bad compression fraction one, and then one of my vertebrae is like exploded. Holy essentially. shit. And then also, I separated two ribs from my sternum that oh. punctured into my lung. So I have a popped lung, two broken vertebrae, and, you know, I'm, I'm down bad. I Jesus definitely Christ. blacked out for a bit. I don't know for how long. Um, when I came back to, I saw them going back and forth past me on the snowmobiles. They couldn't find me. So I started freaking out and I was like trying to yell, trying to yell. They can't, you got can't a punctured come to lung. Me. Yeah. It, well, and like, they just like their snowmobiles are running. They just can't hear me. Right. Like I was yelling, but like, yeah, I mean, maybe that's a great point. Maybe I wasn't yelling as loud no, as I thought I was. You're definitely not putting out as much <laughs> air as you think you yeah. are dude, with one lung down. So, Holy um, shit. I end up, and this is fucked. I end up basically with next to no control over it, just complete survival instinct kicks in. And I get off the sled in that condition and start trudging through the snow to get back to the trail. Are you walking upright? Yes. Shut the fuck up. Through like three feet of snow. And and then I, I walk that distance, get over to the top, but like my legs like stopped working. Like partially, like, yeah, I was gonna like they say, just kind of gave out, like my well, body gave out. Well, your fucking vertebrae's damaged. Yeah. So <laughs> I literally, dude, like, this is crazy, but like, literally started like crawling, essentially, like dragging myself. Yep. My body gave out, but I was right by the side of the trail and I had orange gloves on. So I put my like glove up as high as I possibly could and just kind of like yep. laying there. They saw my glove. That's all they saw. Jesus Christ. Fortunately, my dad was a parent or well, EMTI. He was essentially okay. a paramedic and all of his friends there were either EMTs or paramedics because it was like the fire department trip, whatever. And I was like along for the ride. Wow. So that was very fortunate because we're in bum fuck nowhere. Yeah. Like, bum fuck. So I'm like yelling and screaming. My dad's freaking out because like I've been injured a lot of times and he's never seen me like reacting like this this is bad yeah this is bad so his buddies are like oh he's probably fine he's probably fine and then but i had broken my leg when i was in like seventh grade tib fib snap so like pretty bad and like they twisted around i like ripped through some whatever it was pretty compound it wasn't compound but it was like right on the surface of the skin so it like ripped through some of my muscle and during that the most i did was fuck 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 so like and his friend who was there was there when they came that for happened. me that day and he, my dad reminded him of that and then he instantly was like oh shit oh yeah, shit yeah, yeah. This, this isn't is, good this, this isn't is good yeah like because i'm like you know just 
screaming. Like, and like I said, it might not have been that loud, but it's clearly like I'm in a great deal of pain. Holy fucking shit. They, my dad took his jacket off. They slid me onto his jacket and used it as like a stretcher to put me up on his heated seat. So I didn't go into hypothermia. God damn. Then I waited two and a half hours for the rescue toboggan to get there to then drag me another three hours back to the ambulance. No pain meds at this point. And then they couldn't get a line started on me in the IV because I was like, my body was in shock. So my, and I was fat at the time. So like my veins are just so deep and like we're on bumpy ass back roads. Like they just couldn't get a vein. So then it's another probably like hour or so till I get to the hospital. So I think it was like seven or eight hours before I got any type of pain meds. And then I get to the hospital and where I don't even remember the hospital name. And even if I did, honestly, it wouldn't be good to say it because they were trash and I'm definitely shitting on them right now. (laughs) (laughs) I get there, dude. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, my dad was an EMT, you know, and he knew enough to be like, we need to get the fuck out of here. So they know that I possibly have a broken back and they are trying to stand me up to take x-rays shut the fuck up they're trying to have me stand up to take x-rays knowing damn well i probably have a broken back so my dad is instantly like freaking the fuck out and you know he was like a marine and shit so it's like it's getting dicey in there and like he's yeah what are are they doing like what good question good question so they took my original x-rays, but, like, with his guidance of, like, how to operate me, which was just a ridiculous to, thing to see an EMT, like, telling, like, doctors, like, yeah. what they need to be doing. Like, that's just, like, what the fuck? But then they didn't even catch that I had the punctured lung or the broken ribs from my sternum. Wait a minute. What? How? Di- don't know. They didn't mention You must it. have been having trouble breathing. Yeah, yeah. And I reported that. Somehow they're like, nothing came up in the x-rays. From there, like, you know, my dad starts freaking out, whatever. He's like, we're getting out of here. I get brought to Maine Medical. Okay. Which is a fantastic hospital, and I have nothing but praise for them. As soon as I get there, they're taking it as seriously as they should be. I'm, like, in the ICU, like, like you know, I have a, a team of, like, eight people around me, like, all doing different things, and, like, they're, you know, treating it very seriously. They get x-rays. They get ultrasound and like, like they do like everything they're just like we really want to see what's fucked up wow they check it out <laughs> i remember this is just a little side note is super funny the guy was one of the guys in the icu was like how you doing buddy and i'm like like i said like 16 at the time i was like i'm just glad to be alive man he's literally goes you're not out of the woods yet <laughs> oh my god oh shit oh shit, oh, shit. what <laughs> yeah thanks there was another woman in the icu so like i mentioned earlier me and my buddies used to like work out a lot or i think i mentioned that earlier. yeah yeah and so like i think so <laughs> either he way. brought you to the gym because of yeah. your psychosis okay yeah so like me and my buddies used to work out like really hard when we were in like later middle school and through high school so i had a really really strong back one of the nurses or like doctors or whatever in the ICU is like, yo, do you like work out a lot? And I was like, yeah, I do. Why? And she's like, your back muscles are like super overdeveloped for someone your age. And that saved your life. Shut up. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. She's literally like with the amount of force that had to have been in this, your spinal cord should be done. Really? Yep. So all your muscles are surrounding just the spine? Just bound up just... so tight. 
that it like was way better than it should have been. But then the Loki, the scariest part of it, man, was once I get fitted for a brace and everything, I'm probably a week out. They tell me, okay, we're going to have you slowly stand up. We need to mentally prepare you. You're either going to stand up and be fine and be able to walk, or you're going to stand up and your shit's going to shift and cut your spinal cord and you'll never be able to walk again. What? Yep. Holy fucking shit, dude. Like, I don't know, like, I think I like, and I was like, you know, freaked out, obviously. And I was like, uh, like, can it wait? And it was kind (laughs) of one of those like things where it was like, it's not like this situation isn't going to change basically. Like, I don't know why it was honestly, like that doesn't really make sense to me. I don't know if it had like, like been structurally back to a point where they're like, if it does slip, it's gonna slip. But if it, I don't know. Like it, it seemed weird to me. But I'm like, okay. So it was like it wasn't. It was it was do it do it now because even if you wait till later, the same outcome could happen. Yeah, is pretty much you, is what you're saying. Essentially, okay. like yeah, essentially there were like either like there's enough structural damage here that it's gonna be fucked, or there's not and you'll be fine. Yeah. So like that was crazy, but like it's actually kind of funny and uh, like relevant because we talked about the psychosis a lot i feel like that was almost like supposed to be my wake-up call like i had like the near-death shit and it didn't happen so like for my tapped way of looking at things it's like the universe was like oh really we almost killed you and you're still gonna keep living like you're trying to kill yourself all right well we'll show you (laughs) (laughs) right so like that's how i see it but yeah no that story was fucked dude and like i uh you know, I have like chronic back pain still to this day and whatever, but like I'm getting mentally better at dealing with that. And mm-hmm. uh, I actually heard so funny Bear Grylls on Hot Ones okay. said something because he also broke his back, which I didn't know. But he said something that like really was impactful. And this is just like a week ago I heard this. Oh, but, really? Uh, yeah. Okay. And he was like said uh, my my daily back pain is a constant reminder of how lucky I am to be alive. And I was like, Oh shit. That's how I need to look at that. <laughs> yeah, that's not like, bad. That's not it's bad like, at all. It does suck, but it's like, I could be paralyzed. I could be dead. Like, yeah, I'd probably rather be dead than paralyzed. So it's um, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Personally a hundred percent. Yeah. But I know there's a lot of paralyzed people out there that are yeah, thankful no, for being alive. But. Of course there are. I'm just in like, you know, if you were in that position, you probably wouldn't feel that way. Right. But as of right now, me looking at it, I just can't see myself finding normalcy in that way. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. No, I, I, I completely but either way, understand that. I'm like a slight amount of pain in my back is like, or maybe not slight sometimes, but like depends on the weather. Yeah. Literally. It's like, but it's like, like my shoulder. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, sucks. what is that? You know what I mean? It's I an don't annoyance. know. Everybody tells me to take aspirin. I'm like, why? My body's telling me something's going on. I'm just listening to it. It might be irritating, but I'm listening. So that was actually, so I, you briefly, like super briefly mentioned ketamine earlier. Mm, yes. And, one thing that I was actually looking into doing ketamine, the clinics are just way too expensive for how much the compound actually costs, like street value. I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. But anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like $1,500 a session for like 0.1. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. And insurance doesn't cover it, obviously. But so I've had my back checked out so many times and so many doctors have been like, dude, honestly, there's nothing structurally wrong at this point. It's just like, 
muscle tension. And then like one doctor brought up that it could like be something as simple as like, uh, like neuron loop essentially. Like he's like, your body was used to feeling it for so long that it just like tricks itself that it's still there and it's not. And ketamine, as far as I know, is the only thing to like reset that. Really? Yeah. So like, that's why it's so good for depression and PTSD and stuff because it literally like in like super layman's term, like resets the clock. Oh yeah. It's almost like a reboot. And yeah, like, exactly. Like when your computer's acting up, you just, you got to shut it down let no, that, it boot back up yeah. and then the programs all start running again. That's exactly what it is. And like huh. without doing extensive research on it, like the, the, how it makes sense to me is kind of like, it's a dissociative, right? So yeah. it's like, we're dissociating for our pain from that time period. And that might give our brain enough time to like realign, if you would, without that neuron loop being there. So wow, when you come back, that it's like is inactive. incredible. I did not know that. Now I want to do ketamine and see if I can get I've my shoulder done, pain to go away. I've never done ketamine. Oh, I've like, done it a bunch of times. Oh yeah. I used to do that shit all the time when I was younger. We'd cook it up on the stove. I and feel get like the white when powder. I wanted to do ketamine, I couldn't get ketamine. And then, like, recently I've been thinking about it again, and, like, some of my homies were like, bro, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's only- like, oh, I've had a lot of friends who have, like, tried to tip, like, tippy-toe in it and ended up diving pretty deep. Oh, no, so, you like, dive deep no matter what you're doing. No, no, but I mean in the regard of, like, frequency of use. Oh, 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 no, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I used to, I, I mean, I've gone into so many K-holes, and they are just so enjoyable, but... It's so, not- you like a K-hole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I like loved a it. lot of people, that's like the bad trip. Oh, no. I would, I would be sitting in the chair, and all of a sudden, everything would just... And I was like, uh, I'm looking up, and I'm like, I'm like, I like it down here. Oh, wow. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I loved it. That's loved wild, it. Yeah, yeah. Fucking thank like you. Because how people have described it to me, it sounds scary. No, nah, it's like you're thrown down a well, and you can't get out. That sounds pretty fucking scary, bro. I like it. <laughs> He's like, no, it's not scary. It's, it's not like scary. It, you're down in a well that you can't escape. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. How does that great. not sound scary to no, you? Because I'm in a chair. Okay. I'm in a chair. I'm in a living room. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just going to ride this out. No, but I'm just saying that that's how you chose to portray to me that it's not <laughs> scary is a little bit wild. <laughs> like, that doesn't sound like a joyous day to uh, me. You sure? No, I'm just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can understand that. But yeah, <laughs> no, it was uh, that was a lot of fun. And now that I've been hearing all these studies on it, they actually have um, they have it in a spray, a nasal spray now. That's what I was looking into, and like, mm-hmm. I almost want to ask you- my doctor, but I feel like my doctor is just gonna look at me and be like, "You haven't been in like an office for depression in like fifteen years, or not fifteen, but like 10, 10 years, I think." Right. So it's like. Even though I've dealt with it still and all of that stuff and also the chronic pain, it's like I just like deal with shit on my own. I don't go to the doctors often like for anything. Yeah, see, I'm so always it's at like the doctors. hard for documentation like to kind of like prove, you know what I mean? Like be like, no, like I actually need this because they're like, well, you haven't been into the doctor for your back in like three years. Right, right. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, yeah, that's because you guys couldn't do shit for me right. so i've just been living life yeah it like, <laughs> but when, it's like it looks bad you know it looks like oh this kid just wants some fucking ketamine well, when i when <laughs> i was I your age yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when i was your age like if i walked into the doctors i had a huge note like every doctor had it i'm i was not allowed to be given oh drugs. really yeah 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 i was not allowed to be given any type of 
pain relievers and I, I mean, it was just there for years. I did a really, really good job at hiding my drug use from, like, everyone. Oh, no, my parents were like, he can't. No, like, none. if my mom, like, knew how, like, she, last time my mom asked me, she's like, so, like, what have you taken for drugs? I was literally like, mom, there's some, an- like, some questions you just don't want the answer to. <laughs> that's like a, that's a fair answer. Yeah, and like she was like, okay, fair. Like that's like that's all, and that's yeah. that's that. Do but you it's want like, this answer? No, exactly. And it's like there's plenty of stuff that like I feel like I was fucked up so much off of just like anything because like I ne- that almost worked in my benefit though. I never got too dependent on mm. like one thing because it's like I would just take anything. Right. So it's like it didn't really matter. It's like as long as I'm not in my normal mind word like yeah. that's how i was that's how at i it. was too so yeah. i never had like yeah. a problem with a specific drug which i kind of look at as a blessing because it's like a lot harder to get addicted to a drug when you're just trying to get fucked up off of right. anything yes like obviously you get addicted to getting fucked up but i don't know it's just different but like i feel like i uh either did a really good job hiding it or was just so off all the time from such a young age that like it was just like looked at as that's just how he is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause like I remember, and this is so fucked up, but like I remember in like second grade before I even had like a concept of getting high, I broke my arm. I got like, I think like 10 milligram oxys. Like, cause I was, pretty heavy for my age type thing. Okay. They they gave me fives and then the fives weren't helping and they're like, okay, here, take these, whatever. But I like noticed instantly like, oh, I really like how these feel and not even like they're really helping my pain. Right. But I really like this euphoria, not that I knew what it was called at the time, but I really like this euphoria. I really like this shift in perspective. I really like everything about this. And, you know, they're up to, I think I could take like a 10 and then like, 40 minutes if I needed to, I could take a five or something. Okay. And like, I probably only needed those things for the first like four days I had them. But like, it got to a point where I just realized I love them so much that like my mom would be like, does it still hurt? Like, and I'd be like, yes, literally from like second grade. So it's like, and I had so many injuries over the course of my life that I always had like drugs and like at a certain age, like, you know, my parents didn't think I was abusing dr- like the right, drugs or anything right. like that. So it's like, I can just have my own bottle. So it's like, okay, well I'm not actually taking this for pain. So I might as well like save up for a few days and take two or three, Yeah, you know? So like, that's kind of like, I feel like it kind of went unnoticed. And even now, like, I think my mom would be shocked to hear that. Type yeah. Well, thing. my mom won't even listen to this podcast. So she's <laughs> like, I don't want to know. Well, and I'm and like, that's, I honestly respect that. Cause like, yeah. that's like, if you don't want to know, don't ask type thing. And that's kind of why, you know, I said to my mom, like, there's some answers you just don't want. And like, that's why she also respected it. Cause she knows. Yeah. You're fucking right. Yeah, there's yeah, some exactly. shit I don't want to yeah. know. Well, my, my, <laughs> my mom looked at me and she goes, she goes, I, I know what I know. And I don't want to know anymore. Yeah. She's like, what I know is more than enough. That's exactly (laughs) what I got. That's exactly what I got, brother. Oh, man. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a great time. Thanks for having me once again. Um, Once again, go ahead and plug and promote everything. All right, guys. So SG603 Music, all platforms for people who don't know, you know, that's Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, 
anywhere you can find music we are youtube even if you don't have anything we still get the monetization so run it up and then my tag on instagram is chef underscore sg603 and feel free to reach out to me about anything i love talking to anyone who's interested in our music or even anyone who's interested in anything we talk to i really just like connecting to people so even if you don't think our music would be your cup of tea feel free to check us out and we might have some content that you might like we try to post gems on you know like how to live a life that we see is beneficial to not just ourselves but society with you know like messages of connection messages of you know being loving to each other even when it's hard to do so and just connectivity and understanding you know we're all in this life together like we're all this one organism so to speak and we're all in this process of life at the same time we're on the same sinking ship so it seems at times <laughs> like i don't know like yeah, you yeah. know uh we really like to connect to people um it's a big part of what why we do what we do we want to bring serious change to the world in any way that we can and even if we're not the ones to do it as tupac would say hopefully we'll spark the mind of the person that does so you know check it out if you're interested Hope you guys like this conversation. <laughs> no, no, that's great. That's right. perfect, perfect. Um, all right, everybody. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Have a great rest of your weekend. And I will talk to you later. Later.